Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. This sports program starts now. Football! Happened last night, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what you would call it on Monday Night Football. The NFC North brought some nice Iowa Hawkeye-type football to prime time to wrap up this beautiful Week 12 where we saw the Chicago Bears beat the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Now, for those of us that took the Chicago Bears plus three and a half, obviously we were elated to wake up this morning Mm -hmm. and see that we did what we did. Justin Fields had some moments of greatness. The Pastronaut story, though, in Minnesota might be coming to an end as Kevin O'Connell, uh, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings after the game, said we will be evaluating everything at the quarterback position after the Pastron threw four interceptions. Now, there was tips and deflections. That's going to happen. But what started as a beautiful story in Minnesota with the Pastronaut has certainly become something vastly different. And for the Chicago Bears, they're just watching the Carolina Panthers hoping they continue to self-destruct so they can get the number one overall pick in the draft. What does the future look like there? Who knows? We'll talk about that. We'll also chit-chat with a guy named Aaron Rodgers today. Mm-hmm. Now, is he watching? What's going on with the Jets is he still rushing his rehab for the Achilles that was certainly torn although there are still more people saying that he didn't tear his Achilles because how fast he's recovering from this is uh it's defying all science it's defying all medicine it's defying everything we know about the Achilles injury but here he is dressed in a cape walking with some hilarious shoes into the stadium uh this past week where he is full-time now out in new york and new jersey with the team i'm excited to chit chat with him in the second hour michael lombardi will be joining us in about 18 minutes he's cooking on some stuff and the boys are here the toxic table at boston connor and at ty schmidt love the john deere pal shout out to you yep gotta do it and i mean you mentioned you know the iowa hawkeyes there in your open it is championship week so now it starts you know you got to squeeze every little bit of good juju you can to you know maybe see See if the Hawks can get a W on Saturday, and that starts with putting on your you know finest uh, John Deere dungarees. And um, I do have my hat out there, but don't want to overdo it. Don't want to overcook it. So you know, just showing a little love to all the farmers out there because everybody knows America needs farmers. Yeah, America does need farmers. Amen. And we appreciate all the farmers out there. And uh, championship week that you're talking about is the Big Ten Championship. Yep. This weekend, college football will be hosting all of its championships starting on Friday night mm-hmm. with the Pac-12 Championship yeah. in a rematch of one of the greatest games of the season of Oregon versus Washington. A lot of Heisman implications potentially on the line there. College football playoff implications on the line. And then on Saturday here in Indianapolis, the Iowa Hawkeyes take on the Michigan Wolverines fresh off a big win over Iowa. State. That's right. And you know what? It's house money. I mean, I'm not crazy enough to go in there expecting the Hawks to win, but guess what? You know, 23-point dogs, everyone's saying, hey, this team sucks. They have no chance. That's a very, very dangerous situation to be in. You know, They, they were saying that whenever you guys went and played against Penn State, too. You guys lost 31 nothing. Yeah, oh, yeah, and what's Penn State doing this weekend? Well, exactly. They're not in the Big Ten Championship. The Hawks are. And that and that's really all that matters. So you know. Oh, okay. So yeah, James Franklin. Uh, that, that's fine. And also, you know, that was in Happy Valley. That wasn't at a neutral site. Okay. And this isn't really neutral. And Indiana's much more like Iowa than it, it is like Michigan. It, you're right. You're right. Ann Arbor. Uh, I don't think so. Very. You know, kind of uppity. Not exactly. Indianapolis. Hard nosed. Hard working. Right. Just like Iowa City is. The boys. When the Hawks touch down, it's almost going to feel like Iowa City. So I don't know. Could you call it a home game for Iowa? Maybe. Um, we'll see. I don't we'll know see if the Michigan happens. fans are going to view it that way. I think they will probably oh, no, travel yeah. in abundance. I think it will be pretty blue out here. I think it's going to be pretty split. But, but in the last year of divisions in the Big Ten, uh, East and West, the West Division, not great. East Division, very good. So now... Top three. This is... What's that? Top three, very good. 
And then outside of that, kind of just like the West. There are three very good teams in the Big Ten. Then there's Iowa. Then there's kind of everybody else. And the three very good teams are all in the Big Ten East. That is correct. But, hey, I don't control the geographic locations of the United States. You know, what do you want me to do about it? Sorry. You know, is it my fault that Iowa has to play Minnesota what? and Wisconsin what? and Northwestern and, and Illinois and, and all these other shitty teams that are in the Big Ten West? That's not my fault. No. It's not the Hawks' fault. You They're changing play. it next year, though. They are. Yeah, they are. So let's enjoy the hell out of this one for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Why do you think I'm doing this whole song and dance? Because I don't know when they're going to be back, if ever. we got to get three to four days here to take a victory lap about <laughs> exactly. being in the Big yeah. Ten Championship. Exactly. Last ever Big Ten West champions. You kidding me? I mean, Last wow. game with Brian Ferentz as the offense coordinator? Yeah, I know. I know. Just a, a lot of different storylines, a lot of just tradition coming to an end. But I, I am going to drink it in this week. Don't worry. I did not expect to dive into a Big Ten Championship breakdown, but as soon as I saw that beautiful drink, John Deere. I should have known what was going on. And for you, Connor, what's that on your chest there? Uh, it was the ugliest animal I could find because that was the worst football game I've ever seen last night. So this is going to be my silent protest, but it's not going to be silent. I wear a terrible, ugly, maybe a meerkat, which I think this is... Meerkat that. Manor used to be a great trail. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're a pretty curious bunch. Very mm-hmm. curious. They always do this one right here. Yep. Yeah. A lot of this one here. A lot mm-hmm. of... What was that over there? Jerry Jones. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Timon, one of the uh, Lion King. That, that's a meerkat with Pumbaa, the fat pig you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. kinda yeah no not at all okay but either way it's a nice little animal but yeah i'm done with this bullshit that we've been watching i i can't do it anymore and i i've really i'm trying i've said to myself multiple times last night look we get to football isn't gonna be here in just three short months so you, you soak it in you know, 12 to 10. Soak, soak that in. And I tried to uh, many times. It was tough, though. It was tough to stay awake. It was tough to watch. Uh, I was playing music just over the broadcast to try and kind of raise oh, nice. spirits, maybe. You know, kind of listen to <laughs> it. Yeah, boom. Put, put some levels on. Let's bring some BPMs in. Exactly. You can call me Al came on. That was a great wow. four minutes of that game. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, though, yeah. boy, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is tough. But we got to watch it because there's implications on every single game. You know, like the future of the Vikings. Last night potentially was a big part of the deciding factor. Future of the Bears, what's it going to be? Who knows? Justin Fields has an audition process here. Now he wins with four field goals. Is that uh, mm. is that the way we're looking for it? Maybe. Maybe that's Maybe. all Chicago's looking for. There's a video of Ryan Poles up in the booth, and he seemed to be saying it's the same play over and over and over. So yeah. is there a little bit of tension between Eberflus and Poles? What does that mean with Kevin Warren coming in, the former Big Ten commissioner? Shout out to Iowa Hawkeyes playing in the Big Ten championship. Is the new president of that team. Does he he want to bring in a new GM? Does he want to bring in his own head coach? What does that mean for Sweat that they just paid $100 million to? What does that mean for Justin Fields, who's a first-round draft pick at quarterback? Who knows? All I do know is that neither of these teams are exactly thrilled with where they are, and if you're on that Minnesota Vikings defense, you got to be about fed up. Yep. you got to be about sick of it. Yep. They haven't given up a touchdown in the first half of the last five games. Jeez. Whoa. Only gave up 12 last night, obviously, the Chicago Bears. Tough. They have been a unit. B-Flow has obviously done fantastic things, as has Eberflus, I guess, with the Bears defense. They've certainly looked a lot better over the past few weeks than they did at the beginning of the season. But that was a shit show of a game last night. That's another primetime game, uh, especially a Monday Night Football game. It's 13-1 to the under. I guess, yep, is uh, what yep. Monday Night Football is. So when these big lights come on, and when the game that is being promoted all day with storylines and interviews, and here we all are, all eyes are on us, the offenses have not shown up. But on the flip side, the defenses have. 
Uh, one half of the hammer. Don. Cowboys Tone Diggs still not here. Tone, pull for you, Tone. Love for you, Tone. 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 See, Tone. Love you, Tone. Sitting in his seat today is nine-year NFL vet Darius J. Butler. D-Butt, you're a man who was obviously a phenomenal defender in the NFL. Should we be impressed by those two defenses last night, or what was your takeaway from the game? Ooh, combination of bad offense. Definitely some good defense, though. Sweat made some plays. Uh, Daniel Hunter made some plays. Jalen Johnson. I think he let a lot of people know, you know kind of who he is. Obviously, I had some contract disputes. Pick six through the hands. Had a pick, dropped a pick Ooh. six. Back-to-back weeks now, he's dropped a couple pick sixes. I think Troy spoke on it. Yep. But called a nasty pick uh, in cover two as well. You know, good defenses, but, I mean, just atrocious offenses. Um, couldn't convert when you needed to. And then uh, Minnesota cutting D.J. Moore loose for that dig route two-minute. Can't have it. Dagger concept, two-minute. One of the most common routes in the NFL. Uh, big letdown there for the go-ahead field goal. Tough to watch, dude. Very. Yeah. Tough to watch. So tough. I try my best. You know, I, I really do. I What I've learned through these primetime games that have not done well this year at all, and by well I mean no real explosion, no real, like, that's good football. There's no, no. like – it seems like there's not a lot of electrifying moments in nope. these primetime games this year as opposed to years past. But we're getting into football that matters. You know, we got to remember, we got the Eagles and Niners on Sunday. Big. Okay, we got big-time matchups. We got the Cowboys playing on Thursday night. They're going to go. Yeah, the, yeah Cowboys, Seattle. the Cowboys are going to do stuff. Seattle's looking to bounce back after what happened with San Francisco on uh, Thanksgiving. But these primetime games, one half of the hammer, done. Cowboys, Bubba Gumpino's back here. Gumpy, what are the stats on the primetime games to the under, pal? I know Monday night's thirteen and one. I'm just trying to find the other stat. That's Believe on me, brother. Twenty nine and nine. Okay, uh, primetime under. So, so it's been tough to stay awake through these. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. It has been tough. And watching them back in the morning, you just think to yourself, like, all right, I'm happy. I kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't fight it. Yeah. But this is going to be an issue for the NFL at some point. It's going to be an issue with the NFL. I know NFL is king. NFL will always be king. But if you look at what happens with college football, and I'm not saying that college football and the NFL are competing. Football is football. We all are in the same boat. Mm -hmm. But it's like football can be great. Football can be exhilarating. And we almost have to get reminded of that during this long-ass season from college football more so than the NFL right now. they got to figure it out, Ty. they got to figure this out. And that's the problem I have is it's like the illusion that we have to – because it's like, hey, the games are close. And like just because a game's close doesn't mean it's a good game. Like, what, Sunday night, uh, Chargers and Ravens? Like, that was a dreadful, boring game. But, you know, it, with two minutes left, it's like, oh, okay, we still don't know, you know, who's who's going to potentially win this one. Last night, 3-3 in the first half. Like, people have their fun. They say whatever they want about Iowa, and it's true. But, like, when you have a rooting interest in the team, like, that's one thing. <laughs> you, you stomach that. You put up with it. When it's just two mm-hmm. teams and it's like, you know, Monday Night Football used to mean something. Like, this is, the, this is the game of the week. Everyone's watching this. It doesn't matter who's playing. Like, you expect that to be a good game. 3-3 at halftime, it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, you, like Connor said, you stay up and you watch it because we don't have that many more opportunities to watch these. But the entire time, it's like... Oh boy, you know, hey, is guys' grocery games on right now? I'd almost rather watch that. CM Punk was back on Monday Night yeah, Raw. Exactly. It's hard not to pop over there a little bit. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and but, that it shouldn't be like that. But it is real though that you know it's not easy to project. 18 weeks, 17 games worth of great games in primetime. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. no idea who's going to get hurt, who's not going to get hurt. What teams just aren't going to show up? What teams are going to go that we couldn't have expected? So it's not easy. But this is back-to-back seasons now where it feels like we've got caught into a little bit of a train where it's like bummer, 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 <laughs> bummer, 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 bummer for primetime games. And we hope it'll turn around, but who cares? 
Teams that are winning don't care what it looks like. No. All they care about is they still have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl. And the teams that are losing, they don't care what it looks like. They just know that they suck. So <laughs> yeah. we got to continue to roll on. Speaking of two good teams playing each other and what a gift the football gods are giving us. I mean, this is a gift. Mm-hmm. We have the NFC Championship rematch coming up. Let's go. And this NFC Championship rematch between the Niners and the Eagles. Niners on the road in Philadelphia, favored by three right now on ESPN Bet in Philly. They've lost three games this year. Philly's only lost one. Philly's at home. Philly's a tough place to play. Mm. Why are Philly the underdogs at home? Now, we all understand that the Eagles have done great things as being the underdogs. They wear the dog mask. They want a Super Bowl. We are the hung- uh, hungry dogs run faster. That's like kind of their entire M.O. Nick Nick Sirianni has built his team on being dogs. So this is a good thing to kind of feed into their narrative. They're not the hungry ones in this game, I don't think. This San Francisco 49ers team, after they lost the NFC Championship last year to the Philadelphia Eagles, and if you do recall what happened in that game, first series, uh, Brock Purdy's going to throw. Reddick, I believe, boom, needs Tommy John, can't throw a football. They put the backup in, Johnson, he gets can't throw a football. Concussion. Christian McCaffrey was playing quarterback. For some reason, he can't throw a football forward. (laughs) Yeah. Fred Warner, the series after Brock Purdy ends up having to get Tommy John surgery for his elbow injury, he dislocates his shoulder. He actually, his arm just, boom, completely out of there. He gets taken off the field, comes back in, obviously, because somehow the shoulder, whenever it's dislocated, he just pull it and it just bounces right back in and nothing happens. That's right. I don't fully understand that at all, but shout out to the body being able to handle that. Bosa got a guy's cleat to his shin. In the first quarter. So he couldn't be as explosive as he is. It was just one thing after another. Murphy's Law times 10. And anytime you got a chance to chat with any of the Niners players after that game and you bring that game up, they would get like visibly upset about it. Yeah, shoot. Not happy about it. They were the hottest team in the NFL going into Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. If you remember at the beginning of the season, not great last year. Then they drop in this little Mr. Irrelevant quarterback named Brock Purdy, and boom, everything takes off. Their offense is humming. The defense is feeding off of the offense. The special teams is crushing it. And they were a team that nobody wanted to see. And then in that first quarter, bang, 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 the whole team just gets knocked down. And after the game, they were saying a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Debo Samuel actually said Bradbury's trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's garbage. <laughs> he did. This guy sucks. Yeah, we didn't have a guy who could throw a ball. You know, you see that? We had somebody. We didn't have a human that could throw a football to me. If they could, I'd be wide open. Debo Samuel was asked about what he said after the NFC Championship about Bradbury as a whole. Here was his response. Here we go. I heard the term James Brad- Bradbury trash. After the football game last year, do you regret that? I mean, I don't regret nothing I said. Okay. You stand by. <laughs> Laughing. I don't regret nothing I said. You stand by it? (laughs) Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. This is a game that has been circled by the Niners to get back after what took place in the NFC Championship. And to be completely transparent, I feel like they're playing the football that they were playing going in to that Philadelphia Eagles game. So unless the football gods decide to quarter to three them again, shout out to Unk for bringing a new thing into my life. Sweet. Check out the clock, by the way, quarter to three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so unless the football gods do that to the Niners, it makes sense to me why they are favored, especially with how both teams look. D-Butt, as yeah. a man who obviously loves great football, mm-hmm. great D, both these teams are that. Yep. Both offenses have the ability to go. I love Philadelphia Eagles, but right now, feels like that Niners team is much hotter, and they have three extra days rest because they played on Thanksgiving as opposed to Sunday in an overtime game. Yeah, Niners are definitely rolling, clicking on all cylinders. We know that the three-game stretch they had where they dropped it, Trent Williams is out. Since he's been back, Debo's been back, been clicking on all centers, often offensively and defensively. You know, Chase Young gets to that defense, and they what fifteen sacks in the last three weeks. Obviously, not all him, but him being a part of that front obviously changes things. They are missing Hufanga, big injury going into this game, especially, and then on the Eagles side, missing Lane Johnson. 
possibly, Maybe. possibly, possibly. Yep. possibly Fletcher Cox as well. Both of them have growing injuries, so those are two big injuries in the trenches. Um, but I mean, Philly, you know, every week, every week, you, it, it don't look pretty. People count them out. Obviously, 49ers, it's a much prettier brand of ball right now offensively, the run game, the pass game, defensively, still getting it done. Should be it should be one that comes down to the last drive, but I I, I don't I, I understand why San Fran's favoring this one. For sure. I love the Philadelphia Eagles. I appreciate their mindset. We love Sirianni more than anybody. I actually get killed for loving Sirianni. I didn't even know that was a take that could potentially get you killed on the internet. People do not like Coach Sirianni. I love the band. Wow, I absolutely I enjoy the way he operates, and he wins. That's literally all they do is win. And I did see that outside the lines interview that Jalen Hurts did with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little one. Jeremy Shap. There, there it is. is. Jeremy Shap, where he said, uh, how many games have you lost? Uh, four or something like that. You know, it's not going to be like that in the NFL. And uh, Jalen, who we see him every single day, act like this. Uh, we'll see, is what he said to that. He had, That's literally, yeah. he's like 30-something and four in yeah. the NFL. That is yeah. literally what he has done since going over there. So we have nothing but respect for the Philadelphia Eagles. But we're going to an NFC. This is the two that are going at it. So it's going to be, here's Hassan Reddick chit-chatting about what happened in the NFC Championship game and the mindset that the Eagles have for the San Francisco 49ers coming back to town. I know you just got done playing, but you know they did a lot of talking in the, in the off season about what happened in the NFC Championship game last year. How much of that has stayed in the back of your mind ahead of the next week? You know, as this season been going on, not much. Talk is cheap. You know, they get to come back in the link. It was a lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. They get a chance to come back in here, line that up, and prove it again. I love that. Ooh, that yeah. is like such the mindset that I would assume Sirianni is happy to hear that his mm-hmm. guys have. He has the right people in that locker room. Hassan Reddick is a problem. Yeah, He is an absolute problem, has been, will be for the foreseeable future. But what he said in there was like, we haven't thought about it much. I think that the Niners have actually like thought about this. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think they've actually like Ohio State, Michigan, this thing. Because even at WrestleMania, I saw George Kittle and his family. They were not over. No, They were not over what happened in Philadelphia. That one hurt their soul, yeah. it feels like. But you got to love to hear what you hear from uh, Hassan Reddick there. Yeah, I love it. I, I feel like this is probably the best thing for the NFL right now. Two teams with both have young quarterbacks, both have very good offense. Offensive lines both have very good defensive lines. Like this could turn into the best rivalry in the NFL over these next five, ten years. But I, you know, I know that the Niners are hungry dogs. I need to know what Sirianni's going to be saying about them being underdogs at home because you know he's going to use that somehow in a team meeting or even just while they're out there on the field in practice. You know, someone screws up. Oh, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we're underdogs at home. I, I, I think that's going to be must-listen content. What's the team meeting sound like on this particular uh, Tuesday, you think, over there in Philadelphia? You guys are getting three points at home, Coach. Yeah, I mean, none of us give a shit about that. We don't give a rat's ass about point. You know, you, you need one more point than the other team. Last I checked, that's how you win football games. But Hassan was right. You know, a lot of boo-hoos coming from San Francisco. A lot of pouting, a lot of whining. Okay, it's football. Guys get hurt. Cast part of it. You think we were all healthy in that NFC Championship game? No, we weren't. Jalen was dealing with a bunch of stuff, growing, all that kind of stuff. He's not bitching and complaining. He's not pouting. He just goes out there and play football because we're dogs, and that's what dogs do, okay? They bite. They don't bark. Well, barking come from San Francisco. We'll see. I might set the tone myself. I might go out there, midfield, warm-ups. I might smack Kyle Shanahan in the mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah? Just out of nowhere, unprompted, and say, hey, welcome to the link, pal. Okay, here's my say, bitch.
In 60 minutes. Okay. You almost broke yourself. <laughs> almost. <laughs> you ain't taking it anymore. Philadelphia's a real home field advantage, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's an actual home field advantage yep. in the NFL. Players try, fight, trying to fight fans last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually getting to the point yeah, where yes. in the weather yep. and every... I mean, it is an actual home field advantage. So them being dogs at home at 10-1, and 1, I'm excited to hear what this man thinks about it. Joining us now is a podcast host, a live show host, right. an author, right. a TED talker. Right. Not a gambler, but a man who'll give you who you should gamble on. Friend of the program, ladies and gentlemen, former general manager in the NFL, a man who's got Super Bowl rings and consultant degrees, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. How we doing, guys? How's everything, huh? We good? Hey, good Thanksgiving. We're all ready to go. Hey, Lombo, life is good. How was Thanksgiving over there? A lot of Italians. What you guys eat? Life is good. You know, it was, you know, I got kids in Las Vegas, so I had, we had a split up. I was on my own, but I survived. You know, it was good. A lot of football, digest a lot of football, saw the Hail Mary play. And I immediately thought of, I went to my telephone, Pat. I got to confess. I know probably Chuck's not in the building today, but as soon as Boyle threw the pass and it didn't reach the goal line, I looked at my phone. And because I was expecting a call from Al Davis. I know he's not not with us any longer, but I was still expecting the call. And here's what he would have said to me, Pat. He would have said, let let me ask you a question. Did we practice that play with Tim Boyle? And my answer would have been, uh, Mr. Davis, no, we didn't practice that play with with Tim Boyle. Uh, Did the head coach know he couldn't reach the end zone? And I would have said, no, Mr. Davis, he probably didn't know that. Oh, okay, and then there would have been 85 F-words, and he'd hung up the phone. <laughs> I like that we've become like a super impersonation show. We had Sirianni there. We just had Al Davis from heaven. How about have, it? <laughs> have to have a phone in heaven, obviously, to call Al. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's some ineptitude happening around the place, but I would assume <laughs> Bob Sala said, it's the NFL. He's got to be able to throw this ball 55 yards, right? <laughs> got to be able to do that. He was not. Obviously, Holland takes it back for a play that will be reminiscent of this particular season for the New York Jets. As yeah. a whole. Now, let's talk about the Jets, obviously, because we're here. Aaron Rodgers joining us in about 39 minutes or so. He's planning on coming back. Obviously, that's been a plan all along. If they're still in it, that's a huge piece of it. Who knows? Da, da, da. They got to stick with the whole crew, though, right? Because they didn't get a chance to experience what they were hoping to experience this year. Like, you're sticking with Hackett, you're sticking with Salah, you're sticking with Joe, and this year is just a wash, pretty much. Is that how they're viewing it, you think, in New York? Well, I mean, I think the only one that can answer that is Woody, right? I think, you know, Aaron's going to get paid regardless. And I think that they, he's got to make a decision that does he feel like this is going to be what we need to do and can the team stay together? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things, I know everybody blames the Jets' offense, but this Jet defense hasn't played the run as well as it needs to play to be able to stay in games. The Browns have been able to do that at a higher level than the, the Jets have done, even though the Browns haven't gotten great quarterback play when they've gone away from Watson and at times even when they have Watson. So I think that's a woody question. For me, I, I think there's got to be some kind of institutional – if you're going to bring it back, you got to make sure you understand what you're doing because you're going to build the program for next year and then the year after, and you got to make sure that's on solid foundation. And I think Woody's the only one that can answer that question – as it relates to going forward, team building is going to be critical. I think that's the essence of it all is how are we going to make sure this team is built for Aaron and then make sure this team is built once Aaron's not here. So I would assume just my, I'm not Woody Johnson. I am not a finer Johnson Johnson. Right. No. Or Pfizer. Thank God. Or any, 
Some people think that. Other people say, thank God for those people. Mm -hmm. Sure. They're very loud, both sides. Very loud. Oh, yeah. Very loud. Still. (laughs) Always will be. Yeah. Always will be. Shout out to 2020 for doing that. Yeah. Shout out to 2020 for doing that. Honestly, that's not something chatted about. But it feels like Aaron obviously went there because uh, he wanted to be a Jet and everything like that. But Hackett, very familiar with the offense. So you would assume that Hackett is going to remain there. So if Hackett's going to remain there, the head coach can remain there. If the head coach can remain there, are you going to change the GM? Then probably not. So it just feels like the decision has already mm-hmm. been made because they're just waiting for 08 to come back. And hopefully he's able to do that. Let's talk about other decisions that are being made around the NFL. Schefter came on the show yesterday and he said, He's projecting seven to ten head coaching vacancies this particular offseason. That's a third of the league if that's ten people. And he said, I'm betting you over as well on that. Owners are firing coaches at a more rapid clip than they ever had in the past. I think it's because there's new money in the league. Obviously, David Tepper, we can talk about that. But also, there's a pressure to get better from your fans at all times. And you can see it now. With social, everything's louder. 7 to 10 is a lot of spots that have to get filled. Is this abnormal for what the NFL always has been, Lombo? Is this what the future looks like? And how did we get to this point, you think, Lombo? Well, I mean, everybody is expectations, right? Everybody thinks that they're going to turn it around so quickly. And the impatience is due to the fact that these owners in all the contracts, they have mitigation clauses in most of these coaches' deals. So even when they fire a coach, they're paying 40 50% on a dollar because the coach is going to go out and get another job somewhere else. I mean, Matt Rule took the job at Nebraska. I'm not sure Tepper's even paying on that contract any longer. So you can get out of it. You know, Jimbo Fisher's the only one that has a, a, a contract. Ooh. That probably belongs in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, I, I think that's one of the things to it. There's a, certainly an impatience. And I think part of the biggest issue is roster construction and roster management. When you trade for Devontae Adams to go with Carr and then you don't win, you basically have said, okay, we've, we've raised the expectations for the fan base and then we didn't deliver. And then once you don't deliver, you, you're in trouble. You're, you're in a lot of trouble, and I think that's what's happened. And my question is, who's going to replace these 7 to 10 coaches? I mean, Ben Johnson, they can't clone this guy and have five jobs. He can't fill all five <laughs> jobs. I mean, where are all these coaches going to come from? And I think that's going to be the hardest thing. But more than anything, Pat, I, I think these owners have to declare who they want to be. Like, what do they want their franchise to be? What do they see the vision of their team? If you can learn anything from Philadelphia or when New England was winning, the owners clearly identified San Francisco. This is who we are. This is how we want it built. You guys figure it out. Okay, you've talked about everybody being aligned and the ownership having a major role if they would like it, but it has to be a distinct kind of notion. Like, hey, this is what you do, this is what you do. So then there's expectations. If you don't hold up your end of the bargain, you're going to be gone. It's almost like everybody's on the same page. Communication's great for business. The NFL is no different. And you obviously spent a lot of time in New England, and Bill Belichick and Kraft have been on the same page for a long time, obviously. Hey, Bill's going to do his thing. I'm going to do my thing. Bill's going to win. I'm going to build up this entire place around it. Yep. We're going to have Patriot Place. We're going to have hotels. We're going to have a casino. Right. This brand is going to be the biggest on earth. Bill Belichick's getting the power to kind of do whatever. You've been on the show a couple times this season, and you have a very close relationship with the place. So I think anytime you say something, like it's obviously going to rain a little bit heavier. But you've been on the record saying, like, yeah, Bill's going to continue to coach no matter what happens. You saying yeah. that makes me believe that you think there is a chance he moves on from New England. Do you still feel that way with how bad they've looked? Uh, looked and how bad they've gotten do you think he moves on and how do you think Kraft delivers that news and what do you think is next for Bill 
Well, I, I think it's probably would be it have to come down to what you know. Give Bill a, a Bill. Where do you see this team going, and how are you going to fix it? He's the, he deserves to answer that question, right? And based on the answers that he gives to Mr. Kraft, I think Kraft has to then make a decision. Or has Kraft lost trust in him to build that? I think that's the thing that you have to do. Look, a lot of these teams, we see it with the Houston Texans. You know, we always tend to think teams are worse than they really are because the quarterback play is so bad. Houston was a disaster. How are they going to win any games? They finally get a quarterback, they do it. I think you're a quicker turnaround when you do get a quarterback and you can coach the quarterback correctly, kind of like what they're doing in Houston. So I think, look, Belichick is still coaching. I think he wants to coach. You can see the vibrancy in it. The team obviously isn't playing well. As Dietrich Wise said, they've got a good team. They have a bad record. They haven't been able to make plays. They've held two teams to 10 points in the last two weeks and couldn't win a game. I think that's kind of set a record. So uh, I think he's going to want to keep doing it, and there's too many jobs. Let me ask you this, Pat. If you called Andy Reid up on the phone and said, Andy, who would be the last coach you want to have at Los Angeles Chargers coaching Justin Herbert? Who do you think he would say? Bill Belichick. That's right. He, you know, I like, played that, you there. That, no, I didn't know if that was the right answer. I know the internet. I know the okay. internet thinks he's a disaster and he can only win because of Brady. But I would say within the league, you know, that is the sentiment. So if if Mr. Kraft feels like that they need to have a divorce, that's fine. I'm sure that that's happening. It's part of life. Things change. However, that's not going to change him being a really good coach and going somewhere else and proving that he could still coach. So if you ask any of these other teams in the league, who were they least likely to compete against? Ask the coaches. I think you'll get your answer. Everybody looks at it like, who's the popular choice? You know, who don't you want is the real answer. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people figuring that out after they hire who they hire is who they don't want to hire. David Tepper's rolling through coaches. I mean, he's just yeah. He's, how do you how do you kind of put the slowdown on that? And who's going to want that job? Who would who's the person that would want that Carolina Panthers job? Because obviously Frank Reich, we were confused by the hire whenever it took place, but like. He didn't look like he enjoyed himself at all. There, yeah. there was a pro day video. There was a pro day video where he was recording uh, C.J. Stroud, and he, I think there was a little bit of a grin or a smile on his face at that time. But other than that, that was a miserable time period in him in, with him in Carolina. And we just showed the graphic like Tepper will fire people. Who wants that job? And why do you think Frank Reich was ever hired down there? I can't, I don't get the Frank Wright hire. I think Tepper probably felt like he could hire it. He was a really good offensive coach. I, I think Frank had post-traumatic syndrome after the Carson Wentz. I think Wentz sent him over the edge. I think he went to, I think he went to bat for Wentz in that organization. I think he went to the mattresses, you know, to use a mafia term. He went all in, right? And as soon as he did that, Wentz did, and then, Wentz couldn't connect to his teammates. I mean, we don't talk enough about this, Pat, about the connectivity between the quarterback and the team. Do they like the quarterback? I mean, look, Tommy DeVito's not the best player in the NFL, but the players like him. Kenny Pickett, he's not the most talented quarterback in the NFL, but, boy, the Steeler players really like him. They appreciate him. That goes a long way. And, and, and I think the connectivity between the team is important, and Wentz didn't have that. And when you see that Jim Irsay comes out – and basically, no whole hard Baird. I mean, he just went right after Wentz and said, we're getting him out of here. I think that destroyed Wright's confidence, and he never was the same guy after that. He really wasn't. And I think that that was the strangest hire because I thought he lost his fastball. And I said it this summer on my podcast, it just never looked good in Carolina. Now, reverse it. If you're, if you're looking for a job, 
Carolina might be the best place to go because you think Tepper's going to fire another coach after a year? Yes. It's like D'Amico Ryans, right? He, he walked into the most perfect job of all. He's the third coach in a row after two had get fired after one year. He got a six-year deal. Like He's not getting fired. He has stability. I think the next guy that goes into Carolina will have way more stability, assuming that Tepper knows what he's doing when he picks the coach. Which we have not seen nope right we have not been able to he, he's not good at coaching or picking soccer coaches and he's not good at picking football coaches uh-uh. thus far now is that just because the people around him the people giving him information aren't the right people is it because he maybe yeah. got a misread who knows but that job down there is certainly a fascinating one because what are you going to do what are you what are you going to do you're keeping Bryce he, he needs to throw away his telephone he listens to way too many people He's got rabbit ears. He listens to wait. This is what happens to new owners. They listen to too many people. They talk to the league office. And what Al Davis taught me a long time ago, everybody who calls you on this, they have an agenda. They have an agenda. What's their agenda? Like, why are they promoting this? What are they trying to do? Tepper should should throw away his telephone. He should get rid of his phone and say, all right, I'm going to build this the way I'm going to bring somebody in that I can work with one-on-one and help me build this team for 40 years, what he just said today at his press conference. But he's trying to hire a play caller. What teams need today is a roster builder, a team manager, somebody that can run the team. I think we see that Philadelphia, that's what they've done with their organization, with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. They built a team that can build a team. They've hired an inexperienced coach both times. They've helped develop the coach into a very good coach, and it's worked out. Yeah, Doug Peterson now having great success down in Jacksonville. Whenever he left Philadelphia, we were all very confused. The guy has a statue outside. He's gone. Sirianni's come in, had that opening press conference that wasn't great. We all laughed at it, and now we're like, this guy's a ball coach. Yeah. This guy's a good ball coach. This weekend's game, huge in the NFC. D-Bud has a question for oh, you. Oh, yeah, big game, Lombo. But, um, you know, it's post-Thanksgiving, and I think a lot of teams, you know, kind of are who they are at this point. NFC side, you got San Fran and Philly, I think, kind of separate themselves. AFC side, to me at least, Baltimore and Kansas City are probably those two teams. Outside of those four teams in each conference, who are your teams that you think can either be in that conversation or can make a run here late? Well, I think the run late really starts with how you practice going forward because you and I both know that practice is now walkthroughs. I mean, last week the Eagles played 92 plays defensively against Buffalo. How are they going to practice this week? And it's hard to stay good when you can't practice. And I think the teams that have experience of practicing lightly but still maintaining their level of energy is is important. So I definitely think that. I think Detroit, if they can get the second – if they get their pass rush back – and fix that offensive line did not block well on Thanksgiving Day. They're still a good team. Jacksonville, to me, is still a good team. Uh, you know, Lawrence has got to play better at home. He doesn't play as well on the road at home as he does at home. And, you know, he, and he hasn't been able to make yeah. the plays that I think he needs to make. And maybe with his knee being better, I thought he played much better against Houston, you know, than, than he did. But you know, th- I think what you're looking at is, is, is a situation like Miami. Miami's got a really good defense, and if Miami can get their ground game going, now throw away the jet game because that kind of was two touchdowns off pick six. They've only averaged 20.5 points a game in the last four games before that, and they've only averaged 84 yards. they got to get their ground game going. Everybody talks offensively, offensively about Miami, but it's their defense, and I think at the end of the day, defenses are going to make you advance into this playoff round. Pittsburgh's the same way. They win ugly. I mean, nobody loves to play an uglier game. What would happen if we have Denver and Miami in the first playoff game? 
How about that one? That would be awesome. I mean, Pittsburgh. Would that be unbelievable? You talk about how ugly Pittsburgh plays. You just automatically think about the Iowa Hawkeyes. But then that makes me think about, I don't want to go out of the AFC, but let's do that. They say the Philadelphia Eagles win ugly, win ugly, win ugly. You know, they played on Sunday. You talk about 90-some snaps. The Niners played on Thanksgiving. They played on Thursday. So they have three days of head start already yep. on rest and break and everything like that. And they just slaughtered the Seahawks. They look like they're at their absolute best right now where the Eagles – they win games, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. That's a trait that I wish every team had that I was a fan of. You just win it. Going into this one, how do you view it? How do you see it? Do you think about the NFC Championship game where the Niners afterwards were pissed about everything? Does that mean anything going into Philly this weekend? Do you think there's a little pent-up or built-up frustration after what happened to the Niners in the NFC Championship? Oh, I definitely think on the Niners, and I think Philadelphia, look, Philly, you know, we, last year I was, the, I was always saying Philly played a Gonzaga schedule. Because they did. They had an easy schedule, right? And we and they dominated people. That, and they scored 204 points in the second quarter, and they got ahead of everybody. This year, they've been very resilient. What I, what I think they are is they're, they have this, you know, after you win a Super Bowl, there's always, after, uh, lose a Super Bowl, there's that Super Bowl hangover. Well, the Eagles have had a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover for 50 minutes. And then the last 10 or 15 minutes of a game, they become a champion. You know, they're hard to beat. They're hard to beat. They can play right-handed or left-handed. They can run the ball. They can throw it. And they can do it when they have to do it. Plus, they have the Mariana Rivera in their bullpen. If it's third and one, they're going to get it. If it's third and goal at the one, they're going to score. So they're going to be hard to beat coming down the stretch. This is not going to be pushover for the 49ers. But the Niners are going to have to raise their level, too, just like Philly will. Look, I don't think there's an ugly win in the NFL. You you played. You know how hard it is to win. Last night. Though. You know, I mean, the fans, we're not the judges of the Olympics grading them on beauty contest here. Agreed. Like, a win's a win. Last and night, that though. Win the other hey, day, that Lombo. win the other day was impressive. Lombo, last night, though. 12-10. That right, was ugly. Come on. That was ugly. That was ugly. You can well, say. I mean, it was. But, you know, look, and you got two fourth-quarter turnovers by, you know, and you know, but then they rallied and made the play. I'm sure Brian Flores didn't sleep last night because he probably would like to have that last call back when they ran the in in cut and or with the clear route to DJ Moore to get him in the field goal range. I think he probably wants that call back. But you know, they had a great opportunity. You know, he rushed three, kind of spied them, and gave them plenty of time. Yeah, let's not talk about football. Bears and Vikings. Let's go <laughs> yeah. back to the Philadelphia Eagles here. Let's go back to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Niners. No offense to the NFC North's Vikings and. Um, and Bears who are, what are they? I mean, let's not even get into it. We will get into it because, like, the Bears' future is certainly one that I can't wait to chat with you about because you've been talking about this since the offseason. But final thing for me about the Niners and the Eagles, um, Trent Williams, Debo, healthy. I think they're a completely different team whenever that's the case. Brock yep. Purdy playing. Hey, are we worried about Brock Purdy in Philadelphia with that weather no. and everything? No, not at all. No. I, I mean, I'd give him my MVP vote. I think Brock Purdy's really good. I think we've got to stop talking about him like he's a seventh-round pick. Like, at some point, you know, as Bill Walsh used to say all the time, we have to, we have to, we have to grade on how they play, not where they were drafted. Mm-hmm. I mean, he throws interceptions. Everybody does. I mean, everybody's going to make some mistakes with the ball. He did that game. But then the throw he made that, uh, at the end of the game was incredible. And they they know who he is. The team loves him. The team loves him. There's no question about that. And so, for me, I, I think he's a really good player. I think he'll come back into Philly. It's supposed to be, you know, rainy. They might have some cold, you know, in the 40 degrees. I think he'll play really well. I would be shocked. Look, I think both these teams, this will be one of the – this will be like Rocky. There will be another one.
Okay, I hope so, because the NFL needs it. Because they got a lot of Vikings-Bears games popping on TV. Yeah. Now we get an opportunity to see the two of the best in the NFC battle it out at 425 on Sunday. I can't wait for it. Connor has a question for you, Lombo. Yeah, Lombo, you threw out Broncos versus Dolphins in a playoff game, and I think a lot of people after that 70-point win from Miami kind of wrote the Broncos off, but here we are, you know, going into December and they've won five straight games or six and five. They look great. How the hell did that happen? Is is Sean Payton kind of that great of a coach and also just roster manager like you kind of mentioned that teams need? And how come ever is is that is that the blueprint for a Carolina? That they need to go get a guy that's going to be able yeah. to rally the entire building. I think they do, and they had a chance to get Sean. They didn't take him last year for some reason. Look, you know. Well, they hired Sean's Frank like, over Sean Payton? I didn't know that. Yeah, well, they, they interviewed Sean. They interviewed Sean. They didn't, you know, and I think they went the other direction. Maybe Sean wanted too much authority. You know, coaches want the ability to build their culture. It's not as so much you're not power hungry, you're, authority, you're culture hungry. I, I think what Sean did is very Parcellian. You got to remember, Sean Payton was a young coach at the New York Football Giants, the offense coordinator. Jim Fossil was the head coach. And he got demoted as the play caller. And Parcells watched this from afar in New Jersey. And he was so impressed with how Peyton handled his demotion and behaved and worked that when he became the head coach of the Cowboys the next year, he called Peyton out of the blue and hired him. And that relationship goes on today. And that relationship is very reflective in this team. And I give all the credit to Sean, but you can see Parcells' influence in this team. Sean, after the, after the game that he lost at home to the Jets, basically said, look, we're going we're gonna to button this thing down. We were throwing the ball 31 times. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to manage Russell. We're only going to throw at the average about 26 throws a game now. We're going to run the football. We're not turning this thing over. We're going to slow the game down. And, oh, by the way, we've averaged – you know, we're going to kick field goals. We're not going to go for it. We're going to take the points that come to us. Of the 110 points they've scored in this win streak, 48 have come from field goals. Mm. He don't pass down the points. He's going to take them. Now, I'm not suggesting that he's good. He's old, he's old school. He And he's won games because of it. And I think that's what he's done. I think every coach in the league has to see his team after four weeks, five weeks, and say, this is how we have to play to win. This is our only chance to play. If we play this way, we will win. Tomlin does that. Peyton does that. I mean, Belichick's trying to do that. The problem is quarterback keeps turning the ball over. Yep. And so you have to figure that out. That's the message. That's where when Aaron went out, I have a problem with the Jets because they didn't figure out how they have to play to win. Everybody says, well, nobody can run Aaron Rodgers' offense. Only Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like this week in Cincinnati. Cincinnati goes and plays Pittsburgh, and they run it 11 times. I mean, Joe, you can't ask. You can't ask. What the, was the stat? Tony Pike, former Cincinnati quarterback. I think he said Zach Taylor is 428-1 without Joe Burrow as quarterback. Damn. Well, you can't, you can't throw it. The, the, the Bengals are, 30, are 31st in rushing attempts. They're like 7th in pass. You can't put that game on Browning. He can't be Joe Burrow. So what you have to do as a head coach, you got to build your team so that if you lose a player, you can play right or left-handed. They don't. They can't run the ball. I don't fault them for calling pass plays because they can't run block. 
So that's where I think Sean's gained such an advantage. It is. Whenever we all watch the Jets, you know, we always wonder. Because if you look at Hackett's record, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you look at Hackett's record, you look at Zach Taylor's record, you look at, I think, Bill's record post-Tom Brady, you look at a lot of these things, and you alluded to it earlier, it's like, yeah, you can be a good coach, and if your quarterback is just abysmal, you got no shot. None. You got no shot. They need to try Drew Plitt over there in Cincinnati. He spin a ball. He just spin it. That kid out of Ball State could really spin that thing. One more thing with the Broncos, too. Obviously, we everybody remembers the seventy point embarrassing uh, moment with the Dolphins. But last five games, sixteen turnovers on defense. Wow, yep. they're so back plus, plus thirteen in turnover margin in the league. So that's obviously helps when it comes to winning games. And they, yeah, they've only turned it over, DB, and and. And that's part of coaching, right? And he's not passing up the points, right? He's not sitting there listening, oh, I'm, I'm going to go for it. What's the number say on the TV? You know, what, what should I do? No, kick it. <laughs> kick it. Hey, the ESPN you know analytics. When he kicks it? You know what happens when he kicks it? How many, how many boos did you hear when he kicked it against Minnesota early in the game? Everybody booed. Everybody said, oh, that's a stupid decision. Go for it. How many points did he win by? One. Hey, ESPN Analytics. Back. Hey, you were so mm-hmm. pumped about it. You put a tweet out. Does ESPN Analytics ever say not to go for it? <laughs> yeah. it was- they never say go, not go for it. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure they probably would have, you know, I mean, in, in anything, go for it. Why not? I love it's it. It's Madden. Everybody's playing Madden. Nobody's, you have to watch the game to apply the analytics. Right, you got to watch the game. It's the game. It isn't just the numbers for What if ESPN Analytics is actually some some dude or lady who's like, she is taken in the field. Yeah. Feel, yeah, go. Got to go. go huh? And they put it right up on the screen. They put it right up on the screen. Oh, yeah. They're like, this coach is soft. Mm-hmm. He's punting the ball right now. What a loser. They're on their own 20. I think it was fourth and one. They were up 10 zip. The other team had not done anything. They were on their own 20 or something like that. And it said go. And it was like, what? Their offense has done nothing. You're putting them literally mm-hmm. in field goal range here if you give them the ball. And the offense. happened last night. Kevin O'Connell went for it on fourth down. He put him in field goal range. He put him in field goal range, and now what did he lose by? He lost by three points. Yeah, I mean, you know, he went for it on fourth down with Joshua Dobbs. Like, you're playing Justin Fields. Play field position. Punt the ball. Let's talk about it. Yes, more of that. Let's talk about a team that has been experts in going for it, and that's in sunny Los Angeles, California. Yeah, Lombo, just curious. When do you think the Chargers are going to go ahead and just blow this whole thing up? I mean, we, we talk, we've we literally been saying this for, I don't know, maybe like six weeks now where it's like, hey, how did they do this again? They lost another, you know, three-point game. They keep going for it on fourth down. Justin Herbert, I mean, I don't want to say he's regressed, but he just doesn't really look like the same guy. They can't protect him. Pizzazz. Yeah, None. no pizzazz. Like, he, he just looks beaten up and tired. And you mentioned it, you know, like Bill, Bill potentially is out there. Like, what do the Chargers need to do to kind of – turn this thing around and not just be looking in 10 years and be like, oh, wow, we just did the exact same thing with Herbert that we did with Phillip Rivers. We had one of the most talented guys in the league, and we have nothing to show for it. Like, is it a complete blow-up rebuild? Obviously, Staley's out of there, but will they get rid of uh, Kellen Moore? Like, is Telesco gone? What do they need to do to fix everything in Los Angeles? I think that's the fundamental question. Like, why are we not winning? I mean, Anthony Lim was 33 and 31 as a head coach. Staley's 23 and 22. They haven't gotten better by the hire. So, what have we done wrong? I think they lack complete. I think they lack toughness as an overall team. There's not enough physicality to their team, and everything falls on Herbert's shoulders. And he's talented enough to do everything you need him to do. He's talented to win in the fourth quarter. 
but the team around them isn't talented enough. The roster management isn't talented enough. And we think they're like overly talented, yet they're not. I think they need a supreme commander to come in there. I think they need somebody to come in and run their team that can manage the quarterback, that can build an offense around the quarterback, not run plays, not just build an offense and a team around his skill set. That's what wins championships. Look, Warren Moon threw for 28 miles of yards. He went to one conference championship game in his career. Dan Marino went to one Super Bowl. When do we figure out it's just not about having a great player? It's having the right team around that great player. I mean, there's no one better than Peyton Manning. He won two Super Bowls, one at the last at the end of his career. You know, he's seven and ten in, in playoff games on the road. I mean, lost nine of those ten games on the road. Why? Oh. The team around them has to be built correctly for what you do. I think that's so important, and I think that's the problem with the Chargers. You just don't roll the ball out and say, hey, Justin, win the game for us. Well, let's talk about another Justin that might just have to win some games for himself. Uh, in Chicago, we talked about it. Whenever they brought in Sweat off of waivers, and then they signed him to a $100 million deal, Yeah, you said dumbest decision of all time by Ryan Pulse. Yeah, that, sure. Yep, you said that. Obviously, the Chicago Bears fans have heard you talk oh, about that for, yeah, for the last like year or so. So they're going to be heightened with everything you say about their team. Feels like you're probably feeling pretty good about everything that you have said in the past about this particular Bears team. If they're staring down a rebuild, and I think Kevin Warren, former Big Ten commissioner, now president of the Chicago Bears, and he left the Big Ten with quite a nice situation to deal with with Peacock and NBC and everywhere yeah. else before he goes to take over the Chicago Bears. He alluded to something about getting his own guys in there in an interview or an article mm-hmm. or something like that. So would that mean GM and head coach? And then if that's the case, why do you give $100 million to a guy? You just know that you're going to need that particular player on your team. What do you think the future looks like of Chicago? Do you think Eberflus is back? Do you think Poles is back? Do you think they build a Around sweat, that's why they're doing it. He's obviously played phenomenal for the Bears since going over there. Like, how do you? Why do you think they've done the moves they've done, and what do you think it looks like for them going forward? Well, I, I think they've given them the rope to see if they can save their jobs. I think that's what they did, and I don't think the Bears are a family-run organization that really don't want to step on anybody's toes. So they let them do that, and we'll see if it works out. It doesn't translate into wins. You know, last night it did. Look, they're pl- I give Averflus a lot of credit. There's been a lot of crap that's going on in that building, from Allen Williams to a, the running back. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened there, and he's been able to keep the ship upright. And they played hard. I mean, they played hard against Detroit, had a chance to win it. They turned it over in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to win last night, and they did win, even though they turned it over twice in the fourth quarter. So, look, they're hanging in there. They're just, to me, the hardest question they have to ask themselves is when they have this first pick in the draft is, are we going to stay with the quarterback we have, or are we going to get somebody else in here? That's the question that has to get answered at the most highest level of the organization because that starts – everything from that point on and do you want to start with all these people that do that you want to trust them with that decision or do you want to start new i think that's where kevin must decide and only he can know based on what's going on in that building they played minnesota really well in both games they had them beat you know chicago fields got hurt they had to put badgen in the game but defensively they've played them very good do you remember that badgen run i completely forgot about oh yeah yeah just because since justin fields has come back you've seen him run a little bit more and then obviously they scored four field goals last night justin fields if they end up moving on from him because they're gonna have the number one overall pick with all signs with what's going on with the carolina panthers uh what 
What is his, like those quarterbacks, let's talk about him. Like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. Justin Fields, like this generation of quarterbacks mm-hmm. where we're like, uh, what happens with them? They just go to another place, end up being backup, kind of waiting for another spot. Yeah. Is, is that the normal protocol here? I think they probably, I mean, some of them don't have much value because of the way they played. Fields, if he plays better down the stretch, will have some. You know, I think he'll have Come some, certainly, but I, I don't know if there's going to be a team's going to say, look, he's going to be my starting quarterback because well, yeah. he's very hard to build an offense around. You could see it last night. It's hard to, especially when you watch Brian Flores, the way he rushed the quarterback last night. You know, when they kept him contained in the pocket and he couldn't move, those are the hard things for a quarterback that wants to run around and make loose plays does. And so they did a good job with that for the most part last night, except for the last pass. Uh, Poyer called out the refs. How do we feel about the refs this year? I think Houston-Jacksonville fans said those Ooh. fans, those refs were horrendous. I think people were mad about the Eagles not getting calls against them. Uh, I think there was a couple other games this weekend where yeah. people weren't necessarily thrilled about it. We saw some very dumb things happen, I think, last night and in these primetime games from the refs. How do you feel about the refs this season? Do we need is something we need to look at oh i mean it's all the time there's no consistency in what they do you don't you know look you just accept it and move on i'm a i'm a i'm a survivor of the tuck i mean you know look i we lost (laughs) we only reason we played in the snow is because of an umpire calling tripping on frank middleton that wasn't even a tripping and he still thinks it's a tripping today you know that cost a year of Fordham for me. So, uh, you know, look, it's just part of the deal. You just accept it and move on. You want to complain about it? it ain't going to get you anywhere. They're just going to be as bad next year as they are this year. The thing is, they're not bad. They're just not consistent. No, some they're of them not are bad. Consistent at all. Some of them you are know, bad. Well, I mean, they're looking right out of play and they don't call it. You know, and and so that's what drives you crazy. And I, what drives me nuts is when a player gives himself up on a play and they call holding on it. Like, the guy was giving him up. He didn't hold him. He didn't hold him. The guy was just giving himself up. But they just make some strange calls, and you just got to move on. You can't worry about it. It's going to happen. You go back a couple weeks, I think there should be a new thing instituted, too. Like, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was blocking for one of his uh, teammates. Blocking? Yeah, he was blocking. Okay. Yeah. He, so just checking. He, they called holding on It was a touchdown. Here, oh, yeah. yeah. On Zay Flowers. Yeah. It's like, hey, if Odell Beckham Jr. is blocking... Okay, and he's trying to do a little little physical activity there with right. somebody. Yeah, like let's not call it. Okay, it's Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Like let's go ahead and it, it better be a full on grope. Yeah, right. it's not yeah. holding. It's yeah, not that's, holding. that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I think there needs to be a little bit more football feel out of these refs. I that, think. That's what they lack, Pat. They lack football feel. I remember talking to him one time. I said, "How do you call holding on wrong arm technique when the def- when the defensive player uses his outside arm to get the ball to bounce?" And the official said to me, what's wrong arm technique? See, the problem is there's a disconnect to being what the coaches are teaching and what's, and what's being called. On wrong arm, when, it, when a defensive lineman or a linebacker spills the ball outside to the next gap, you're not, you're not holding him. He's giving himself up. You can't call holding on that. Learn football, Stripes. Come on. Learn football. Make it better for the whole game. But also, make them full-time officials so they're not doing substitute teaching at junior highs Monday through Wednesday as well. We appreciate you, Lombo. You're the best, pal. You're the best, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Good luck this week. Hey, you too. Let's win some bets, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Lombard. Yeah, Lombo. 
normally we would take uh, picks from him, but it's way too early in the week. Too early, yeah, yeah. Tuesday. We'd put him in a bad spot. That's what he would say. Well, let's let's wait let's and see. see what the lines yeah. do. Let's see who's healthy, who's not healthy, there what the go. weather's looking like. He's already looking ahead to Philadelphia. He said, I think there's going to be some rain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was him just projecting because it's November or December in Philadelphia or if it's just how it's going to be. It's like all those things matter. Brock Purdy and the Niners going back to Philly, I think, is a massive ordeal. Oh, yeah. I, think it, I, I really do. I love it. I love that that is a game this weekend that we get to watch. I love that the San Francisco 49ers had all season to be pissed off about what happened. And I like the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles, status quo, we'll come get some kibbles and bits. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If that's what you want, then come exactly. and get it. It's a perfect setup here in Week 12. Yeah, Purdy especially, too, because, I, you know, like – up until that point, you said like he was undefeated. I mean, he like he, he was just on like this magical ride, and everyone was saying like, "All right, well, let's see when he turns into the pumpkin. Let's see when that other that other shoe drops." And he never really got the opportunity. So like, kind of being able to go back there and maybe exercise a couple of those demons, like exercise some demons, exactly. Because everyone else is talking about you know Debo and all these other guys talking. No one's really talking about Purdy, who's probably you know had a lot of time to to circle this on his calendar too, and be like, "Hey, this is." This this could be my you know coming out party you know point two. I said week twelve a few times. We're already in week thirteen. Yep, hey, we're on to week thirteen. Okay, crazy. we're already in week thirteen. What do you mean we're on to week thirteen? Look at how jacked up this guy is. I Let's am. stack another L yep. for the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's get to week eighteen as fast as possible yep. Bingo. with as many L's in our <laughs> record as we possibly can because the draft is right around the corner. Yeah, I can't wait for Staley to screw that up for me somehow. Uh, but I, I know we're all pumped about Eagles Niners. Once again, how is this not a primetime game? I, I know it's at 425 and it's game of the week, and that's great, but that means there's other games on. Why would this not be the perfect Monday great, night, great perfect question. Sunday night? Well, that, what is Sunday, no night? Sunday night's Packers-Chiefs. I think that'll be a pretty good one. Sure. That's fine, but it, how is it not? Would have been okay at four twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Would have been okay at four twenty-five. But I also don't hate these like marquee games being the four twenty-five game either, especially as fathers of babies. Bingo, and yeah, things like oh, that. Great. Sure, I don't have to stay up till eleven thirty yeah. midnight. Sounds good. Perfect. That's but you're going to have to with the Packers Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of double whammy. But like last week with uh, Eagles Bills being in that late that late window, like that was a great game. Great. Yeah, Sunday Night Football would have been a great game, too, if it was there. And last night, they could have flexed that game. Yep. Could have. And they chose not to. Let's wow. remember that. They could have uh-huh. had the Houston-Jacksonville game. Bingo. Wow. Yes. They could have flexed that game. Wow. Now, come on. Would now. you have thought Houston-Jacksonville before the season started? No. No. But two weeks ago. That's why flex happens, though. Could have had it. CJ and Trevor. Woo! <laughs> Joining us now, live from an attic in Ohio, I think, is a man who's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup winner, a man who's a father of 10, a COVID survivor, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Hey, AJ, how we doing, pal? Doing great. Why don't you uh, get some of those red lights that uh, AQ does and puts on his face every morning? Those are really bright. I'm going to be honest. Had a headache for six hours after trying that red red light thing, but it does make you happy, allegedly. AQ is much happier now. Yeah, he true. says it's because he eats nothing, he works out all day, he goes into billionaires' basements and gets his ass beat, yep. and then he does that red light thing on his face. Not a bad gig. You're right. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we need to turn to other you know, forms of vitamin D. Is that what we're looking for? Yep. Yeah. Looking for that vitamin D. Exactly. Yeah, the good D. AJ, did you watch that game last night? Nice NFC North matchup. Two teams you know very well. What a battle. What an old school football game. Four field goals gets the win for the Chicago Bears over the Minnesota Vikings. How enjoying was that game for you last night? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I heard D-Butt earlier. I mean, I think it was a little bit of a combination of both. Was it great defense and bad offense? Was it 
decent offense and decent. I don't, you know what? I, I always want to give the defense credit. Defense, it's tough to get stops. It's tough to get turnovers. You turn a guy over four times through the air, you're doing something right. So credit to uh, Chicago's D and Minnesota's defense, actually. But There's a tough couple, game to watch. Not, not easy to watch. Yeah, tough to watch. Obviously, that's been kind of football uh, with the NFL over the last few weeks. Big ones this weekend, though. We got Niners-Eagles, obviously, a rematch. Thir- uh, Cowboys-Seahawks on Thursday should be electrifying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was a team that played in the first ever Black Friday game. And their quarterback was not able to play because he tore his Achilles on the fourth offensive play of the season. Mm-hmm. He's been rehabbing it at a rate that the world has not seen before. Four-time NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, Ayahuasca user, ladies and gentlemen, the 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. Can you see me? Yeah, you look great. Where are you right now? You're not in that uh, Achilles factory. It does not appear. No, no. Shout out to uh, all my friends and therapists out there at the Achilles factory missing those people. But I'm actually here in Jersey at the facility. I had some uh, rehab this morning and uh, went through some uh, different modalities. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm still, still at the facility. What type of East Coast modalities are you going through? Are you running? Are we taking five step drops? What? Are these the modalities we're doing right now? Are we doing a little bit of this, a little bit, of, maybe this one yep. right here, this oh. one here, this one here, this one here. What all? What are the modalities we're stepping towards now that we're back on the East Coast, pal? It's a lot of the same modalities actually. They they oh. have a Alter G machine, so so I was running on the Alter G, and they have a you know a lot of the other same little gadgets and gizmos and. Um, so it's all strengthening, you know, calf strengthening, foot strengthening, you know, the, the jogging, the running, the walking, all that good stuff. A little bit of stuff on the field, uh, just trying out some some different things, just to see uh, see how my uh, foot feels in, in different types of uh, shoes. So it's good. Okay, so I don't want to ask you the same question I asked you last week because I felt like I disrespected you a little bit when I asked it. So I'm gonna phrase it differently. Mm-hmm. If the Jets continue to play the way they're playing, okay, if they continue to play the way they're playing, and this is a team that obviously you're on, you're very close with, you're in the building, you were there on Friday and everything like that. But there's a lot of people that are like a little bit concerned about you making a decision for your future health based on trying to get back as fast as possible this year. You've always said if the Jets are still in it, obviously the plan is for me to get back in there. Whenever you say that the Jets are still in it, is it like a percentage that they're still in it, like they're still a, a line in a hope? Or is it thought that like if this team can still go win a Super Bowl in my eyes, let's go ahead and do it. Where are you when it comes to that? And how focused on returning this season are you still at this exact moment after what we've seen maybe the last few weeks? Well, I think it's, it's always been uh, first, am I healthy? And then uh, are we alive? Are we in it? Are we playing? Uh, good enough to make a run. Can I step in and, and protect myself and play at the level that I feel like I'm capable of playing? Um, but the first part is, is the health. So can I uh, protect myself? Can I move around the way I want to move around? Um, so there's there's a natural progression here to the rehab, and um, you know that's going to involve actually getting back onto the field um, to start to do some things. Uh, that are more football related, uh, um, but again, we're we're still we're not we're not where I can make a decision uh, on on playing because I'm just uh, health wise I'm I'm improving steadily, but I'm not 
in uh, I'm not at ability to play at this point. Got it. So we will revisit where everything is whenever you're healthy enough to get back on the field. Then it'll be a full discussion and conversation about everything. Yeah, once once I'm healthy, then then it's where we're at. And, and, and uh, uh, are we live? Are we in it? Can I help the team and not hurt the team by being back out there? Can I protect myself? Can I move around and do all the things I want to do? Um, if the answer is yes, then we uh, move uh, in that direction. If the answer is no, then you know, i got to listen, listen to my body. Um, obviously, I, I still have to get cleared by uh, everybody at that point, but um, but it's health health first, and then um, uh, can, I, you know, can I play? Are we alive? Got it. Uh, in, for the playoffs, second. Got it. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, we saw a video of you kind of bebopping your way into the stadium. You looked very good. You were holding a couple bags, I believe, wearing some sweet long trench coat type situation, some prayer beads, I believe, Hell could have been part of the accessories. Look at this walk. I mean, your shoes don't look too awful, and you don't seem like – I don't know which Achilles you tore here. So how do you feel from last week when you were on the show to right now – oh, geez, those soles are gigantic. Yeah, you look like Batman, too. It looks like <laughs> Batman. You look like a sweet, sweet look. <laughs> Oh, every week I'm doing better, and you know I think the ability to to not travel to Buffalo um, probably helped me the most, just because being able to get those ten days straight of rehab in without uh, the travel and as much fun as it is to see the guys and support the guys, um, it also does set me back a little bit uh, on rehab. So uh, because I was going to come back here and uh, and trying to you know exclusively be back here. Uh, post Thanksgiving, um, that gave me a really good uh, jump uh, to to go from where I'm walking almost normal to not just walking, you know, normal, but now jogging and, and increasing speed and the body weight on that. Um, so that's kind of natural progression. I'm feeling feeling strong. We're at uh, you know 11 weeks tomorrow since surgery, and uh, again we said that eight to 12 week is when a lot of the healing of the actual Achilles kind of finalizes um, obviously I've been ahead uh, for the most part with this rehab so uh, I'm excited about kind of what's next and, and uh, uh, how this thing keeps uh, keeps getting better what's the super G thing that you run on that's the thing that you run in and are you running in real life yet and are you wearing those those shoes like you moving from those shoes to other shoes seems like that'll be a big part of this whole process as well yeah, not working on the beach. That's uh, that's frowned upon just because you can go kind of past the ninety degrees at the beach when you if your heel sinks in and that's extra, you know, uh, stretching of the Achilles. We're trying not to do. Uh, these shoes have been fantastic uh, to walk in, but at some point, you know, most doctors feel pretty comfortable at about twelve weeks mm. getting your foot on the ground. Um, obviously we've tried to speed that up a little bit, but just still, we're just trying to be smart about, about this thing. Um, and, but at some point I'm going to have to transition out of these shoes. I'm going to get the transition, honestly, out of these shoes where my Achilles and my foot and my calf are strong enough to, to kind of withstand, uh, my kind of leg and heel and Achilles being closer to a 90 degree angle. Got it. And we're running, you're running in the super G max thing. Yeah. The super G max thing. Definitely. Definitely uh, running in that, uh, you know, it's up in the body weight percentage all the time. And uh, that's So what's cool. that mean, though? So when you're running in there, the Super G thing, the uh, Super Cool G, what is it called again? Uh, I think it's called the Alter G. Okay, the Alter G. The Alter G. 
Because you're altering the G's. Uh, like with Tom Cruise. Yes. When you're doing that whole thing. I get Foxy it. can bring up, a, bring up a video of somebody running an alter G. Zeta, can we find a Super G, please? Uh, not Tom Zeta, Cruise. Yeah, thank you, Zeta. Doing that entire thing. But that is, it basically is water or what it's just taking away the amount of weight that you're putting down so you can still do the motion without the full body. Got it. Here it is. Boom. Okay. There we go. That's it. So yep. do you... Have you publicly said what percentage of weight you're running on? And are you hitting all the check marks of body weight running that you had hoped to be at thus far? Uh, I don't know if I, I feel like I've this show, I've, I've, I've said what I've been at, but I've been, you know, over 70% body weight and uh, over uh, eight miles an hour. Um, scooting. Just about every Beautiful single time. Piece. Been on there and, and increasing, increasing every time. So. That's kind of the, the starting point for it, and then we kind of go up from there. Got it. Do you – and then obviously your own body weight would be the next step of this entire thing. And they'll ride the Alter G all the way until then? Is that like we're going to be super cautious until we get to that? Or is there like a step that's going to be made that's pretty big in this whole thing at the end? Well, I think the step is just getting back uh, onto the field and doing some more like real uh, – football things, being able to throw to my teammates and, and uh, um, go through some individual part of practice, I think will be kind of the next step to see what my lateral movement is like. And then, and after going through some of these, uh, you know, more football related moves, you know, how do I respond? How's my, how's my leg respond to that? How's my Achilles, my foot, my you know, heel, my calf? Uh, how does all that respond? Okay, do you? We just googled this Alter G, by the way. Shout out to you. Did you create this super modern G thing? Uh, it, it is. It's just Aaron on this track, I guess. Oh, no really? Way. Yeah, just the first like hundred things is like Aaron Rodgers. Look at this. Four time MVP. Seventy wow. percent body weight. <laughs> eight miles an hour. Damn. Hey, everything you're doing for this Achilles, and I've told you this a couple of times. If you end up back on the field this year, it is going to be what every human in every sport forever is going to be attempting to accomplish so no pressure pal but what you're doing is pretty sick you need to know it's pretty sweet pretty sweet still got people saying he tears achilles there's no way he tours achilles with what he's been doing it's like i hope you're able to complete the story i hope that the jets are still in it whenever you get to that point because it'll be magical we're lucky to follow along speaking of following along ty has a question for you yeah aaron as we approach your birthday here obviously you've said you know being away from the game like this has been a very difficult year for you you've said that uh have you done like more reflecting this year as we get closer to you know milestone birthday too obviously congratulations uh have you done more reflecting on like your career or what you still want to accomplish uh this year like more so in years past or no yeah but ty i wish you'd done that question in uh, in jay's voice just to see if he would respond to that but um <laughs> Uh, I think every year you maybe this is my own personal, I guess, but I think we all get a little bit making generalization, but we all get a little more reflective the older we get. Um, life seems to pass maybe just a tad bit quicker, and uh, it's good to kind of stop and and count your blessings around this time. You know that's why it's called Thanksgiving. This you know it's it's a good time to reflect and. Uh, especially with maybe the history of the holiday, to focus maybe more on gratitude and and uh, many blessings in your life is a good good place to start. And then obviously with this birthday, uh, moving to a new decade, 
Um, a lot of reflecting back on my 30s and the, and the fun I had and the, uh, the relationships and friendships and ups and downs uh, of life and career. Uh, definitely been on my mind. This has been a tough year, for sure, really tough year. But I'm really thankful in a lot of ways for uh, some of the reconnections that have happened and some of the beautiful moments in the midst of the you know frustration and sadness and disappointment of not being able to be out there on the field with my guys and, and be able to play for the fans and um, there's a lot of excitement that we had, uh, obviously, in the offseason and oh. training camp and hard knocks and everything. It you was, ran that flag out. Oh, it was phenomenal. The movie. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of sadness, but I think it's in those moments of sadness that we uh, can reconnect to ourselves and and, uh, and find some moments of, of uh, beauty and blessing in those. So I've been trying to, trying to focus on the positives, but listen, it's not easy. There's been some really tough days throughout this process, but a lot of amazing people have been – you know, reaching out, taking care of me, and sending me encouraging messages throughout the journey. Really thankful for those people, and just you know, thankful to uh, uh, to have something to, to look forward to every day. And that's the rehab and getting better and and doing something special. And whether or not I come back this year, um, you know, it's been a lot of a lot of lessons and and a lot of things I'm thankful for in the midst of some really uh, frustrating and, and, and sad times at the same time. Happy birthday, Aaron. We're happy Happy, for birthday, Aaron. happy birthday, Aaron. Woo! 30s were a go run, weren't they? Oh, yeah. You learned of ayahuasca. We learned of that. You learned of darkness retreats. Yeah, yeah. COVID. We you learned, learned of that. COVID. Learned of COVID. Beat that a couple times. You know what I mean? Yeah. COVID. You beat that. Yeah, right. Won, won an MVP oh, with man. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen in the 30s. We're going to talk about forever. Yeah, I'm 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 still COVID MVP. People forget With COVID for a couple of years. I won MVP both those years, so I feel pretty good. You know, pushed through COVID too. Um, hey, can you clarify but, that? Uh, for some reason, you've been very cagey about the whole toe situation. What happened there? You can clear it up. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Yeah, I don't. I'm not exactly sure. I wanted to talk more about, uh, you know, rehabbing. Uh, Achilles in nah, you're making it weird. Yeah, you're told You're making it weird. A conspiracy situation. Yeah, something happened. So did you get your toe vaccinated? That's what oh, the yeah. had an allergic reaction. Listen, I, I gave I gave insights. You know, when when you had your unfortunate uh, sty that turned into something, whatever. Um, it could have been a bedroom injury, and those are you know the bedroom injuries are the most. Uh, Mysterious. Oh, so, broke his toe in the sack. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Jeez. I think if you look at some of the some of the history of, of the you know Amazon uh, purchases from age over the years, there's <laughs> a lot of you know those red balls with the you know straps. <laughs> oh, the ball gag. Ball gag. Yeah. Real, oh, real interesting stuff that goes on there. Old fiction. I'm not saying that that was associated with my COVID toe injury, but uh, I'm real thankful that uh, the world. You know, got to learn about that affliction that was uh, really, um, you know, running rampant during during the COVID years. Yeah, but wait a second. You weren't allowed to have sex. You weren't vaccinated. That's right. There's no way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that would have had to have been all by yourself yep. at that particular time. <laughs> uh-huh. AIDS. You're just not married. You know what I mean? Right. Nope. It's like castaway. This guy broke his toe bopping. That was quite the day. That was quite the day there. That was a, <laughs> quite the day. What we I had think two about years. Yeah. What about the night? There was two years worth of quite oh. the days. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of that in there. It was an honor to ride alongside some of your 30s with you, though. I'm going to let you know that. 
my mentions became your mentions for a while, and mm-hmm. I got to live as Aaron Rodgers for a bit. It yeah. was wild. Uh, Connor has a question for you, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, unfortunate situation on that Black Friday game with Jalen Phillips tearing his Achilles, obviously, during the game. Uh, Mike McDaniel, after, said that you guys, you figured out a way to reach out to him, talk to him. Uh, how did that go? Uh, how is he doing? And also, do, do, are you going to send him to the Achilles factory, or is it too late in uh, the season where he can just do the regular Kirk Cousins uh, Achilles treatment. Yeah, when I saw the injury on the field, I was pretty confident it was Achilles. Um, so I actually walked out on the field, and based on you know his emotion, uh, he knew it. And I was actually we were able to have like a cool moment where um, just made eye contact, and I just I think I said something like. Yeah, I know what you're going through right now, and it's going to be okay. And also said, I'm going to get in touch with you. And so I have uh, a couple friends on the coaching staff, so I was able to get uh, his information after the game and reach out and send him a message. And, um, you know, I'm obviously not not an expert when it comes to Achilles, but I have done a lot of, my, a lot of research. Uh, I've talked to a lot of great people, uh, both uh, – you know, doctors and patients who've gone through the surgery and rehab. Um, and so I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of, of uh, a lot of the process. And so, you know, to be able to be a resource for him uh, is great. Uh, would love to get him out to the West Coast. I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but we've sent some messages back and forth just trying to encourage him because I know how difficult it is, especially the first few days, uh, as it's just the enormity of of the injury and what the rehab is going to entail kind of sets in. And I, and honestly, that's kind of what I've been hoping with my rehab is to inspire people to not look at this as kind of a death sentence. When I talked to uh, Dan Marino, who I've known for a long time on the, on the field before the game, he said, you know, basically like, what the hell are you doing in your rehab? It was 11 months for me. And I said, well, Dan, you know, the things have gotten a little bit better. The way we do surgery is a little bit better. And, um, you know, just the, the ability to, to speed up rehab, um, based on other people's experiences, obviously sets um, you know some sort of uh, you know process that we can follow, and then also obviously we push that. But hopefully, I can inspire people to uh, to you know push this uh, under the the framework of it actually not being as risky or dangerous as as maybe once thought, where you really had to you know wait, mm. and it was never before six months, and I'm really going to be nine to twelve months. You know, I think I've. Cam Akers proved it. I'm going to prove it. J.K. Dobbins is going to prove it. Um, a lot of the you know guys. I just saw EVT today. Uh, our you know guard who had uh, had surgery out there. He's looking really really good at a few months out. Uh, so uh, you know it's, it's not a death sentence anymore for a career. And um, you know I I feel like you know what I've done and 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 how I've come back and kind of the protocol I've done. I'd love to share that with anybody who's interested. Um, Megan Rapino. Yeah. And Ooh. and Jalen Jalen's been great and uh, I'm not sure what he's gonna do, but I'm definitely gonna keep in touch with him and keep in touch with Kirk and obviously everybody back at the Achilles factory. I just texted with JK this morning. I miss him uh miss uh, being around him, but uh it's good to be out here with the guys too. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh his lady works at the Achilles factory. Is that kind of is everybody calling that place the Achilles factory, by the way? That's a smart branding if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you have, and, and obviously I have. Um, but Heather, yeah, Heather's amazing. Uh, and uh, and Double A is also another Aaron out there, uh, have been kind of my, my main two uh, uh, 
therapist at the uh, at the Achilles factory, and obviously AAA has been great as well uh, at the house. But uh, AAA still I, doing I, it. AAA still is he over in Jersey? Is AAA made the trip to the East Coast or what? Not yet. No, he's not yet. But he's still jogged. Yeah, okay. I've seen him on the internet. Yeah, I seen him. He was strapped up to all these rubber bands and everything. Oh, Looked yeah. like he was about to wrestle somebody. I'm like, somebody's no about to get it. You have his clothes on? Somebody's about no. Of course not. Nice. Triple H. Why would have clothes on? That yeah, makes more sense. His body guru is the most jocked guy. For everybody that's watching right now that doesn't know, his body guru is like the most jocked human of all time. So jocked. So jocked. Just like ridiculously jocked. The so flexible too. Flexible, pliable, all of it. Yeah, and dominant, yeah. pretty good. Physical, you know. I mean, he gets in there. Top two, not two. Bill Anderson, Anderson Bell. We're big fans. <laughs> Aaron, why are so many people tearing their Achilles right now? It seems like there's weird. Are just are we aware of it? I I think maybe we're a little more aware of it, but I don't remember this many like big name guys doing it. You know, you're talking about uh, Kirk and the season that he was having, and obviously Jalen's a phenomenal player, and J.K. Dobbins who's you know, been a really good player in the league for a while. AVT, who's, you know, a Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber guard. Um, there's been a lot of guys. Tredavious White, I think, did his as well, right? Yep. T. White was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, there's always going to be conversations around the surfaces. Uh, but, I don't know. I'm not sure. People hate that MetLife Stadium, but they got a bad vote. You know, you're going, they got a bad vote. I'm just telling you, 85 guys were, were, did a poll. Mm-hmm. And they said MetLife Stadium, this place stinks. Yeah. That's what the they worst. Said. I didn't do a poll. I wasn't asked. I don't play. I'm just Listen, there's a lot There's a lot worse places than MetLife. I can promise you that. So I don't know who was doing the poll. I don't remember that I got asked any of those questions, but I could I could give you a lot of stadiums that are that are shitholes comparatively. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead. No. I don't, we got I don't need you. I'm just going to... No. <laughs> not, not Lambo. Yeah, Lambo. That no, place that's, is terrible. Yeah, sure? oh, no, no. Yeah, Lambo's beautiful. That is grass that Alan's done. Alan has really got that grass supple over the years. Uh, it's real... Real nice grass there. Good supple grass. Hey, Good I was Lambo. watching... I was watching Thanksgiving... Um, and Dak Prescott was yelling into every single living room, every single living room, about 75 times. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, here we go. We actually have a video of it right now. Here's Dak in his cadence, uh, apparently, in 2023. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Normally, it's like red 18, green 19, like you hear about this. And then Russell Wilson has this cadence that I heard, and it kind of infiltrated. I think I was listening in my car as we were driving home from Lucas Oil Stadium, and it sounded like it was 1910 with mm-hmm. football. This is what he said. Put three. I never even, I didn't even know that existed. So, uh, like, you're a person to ask who, because obviously the hard count and the cadence is something that you're like world renowned for at this at this point. Why is the here we go entering my life, and how did this not happen beforehand? And what is like the evolution of cadences that we've got to this point where there's so many different ones seemingly at the same time? Well, I think that's a great question. I mean, just. First, I want to talk about Dak because um, he's become one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Uh, I've watched more football this year than any other year because in normal years, you just, you're getting ready for games, so you're never watching football, right? And you might see some scores on your phone and maybe every now and then, you know, see a Sunday night game uh, and you might get Monday, part of Monday or Thursday, but you're, not, you're just not, not watching a lot of games. And this year, I've watched 
a lot more games than usual. And, you know, Tom had some comments about, Brady had some comments about some of the mediocrity in the game. And I just want to say Dak is not who he was talking about okay. um, for a number of reasons. But I just love that it, he's really playing the position. What I mean by that is I'm watching him make Ringo calls. So that's protection adjustments against these crazy looks and picking things up. I'm watching him, uh, you know, bring the tight end back in against the zero pressure and throw an old concept we used to run for a touchdown to CeeDee Lamb in the back end zone. I'm watching him use his cadence uh, beautifully and and uh, and get into this rhythmic here we go into like uh, dummy, using it as a dummy sometimes, doing it twice, into like other cadences. I mean, I've, the last four or five weeks I've gotten to see more of, of their games, and I just want to say like, He's playing a position in a really impressive way. And for whatever reason, maybe because he's the Cowboys quarterback and it's one of those premier positions in sports, um, like I feel like the Green Bay quarterback has been for a long time and some other you know, positions in, in various sports, he might take a little more shit than, than he deserves or, or maybe it's deserving of the position, I guess. But I love the way he's playing, and I love the way he's playing, like really playing. I'm not talking about just like, Oh, making good throws. I'm talking about, like, it seems more rare that guys are actually really playing a position where you're making adjustments, you're handling everything line of scrimmage. Now you're doing this crazy cadence stuff. Like, I love it. And I just want to shout out Dak for, like, really impressing me. Um, that multiple, Dak. Multiple yeah, times. Dak. Hey, man, Dak, he doesn't hear that a lot. No, he doesn't. Doesn't hear, get to hear that a lot. Uh-uh. Way to go, Dak. Here we go. <laughs> but that, but the, the evolution of the of the – you know, of the cadence from my perspective, you know, Brett obviously uh, came up with a rhythmic cadence that has a snap point a little bit different than maybe we grew up where it was like down, set, hike or go, you know, and he snapped the ball on the hike or the go. Um, this this became a snap point at different times, whether it's second number or second color and created this rhythmic type of cadence that you also were able to adjust to drop people off sides. Then there was the fad with the Omaha stuff that, that I think Peyton was doing, um, which was really just a way to do all his crazy stuff he was doing at the line of scrimmage. People were like, what does Omaha mean? Omaha meant, hey, mother, we got two seconds on the play clock, and I need this shit snapped quickly. So I'm just going to say Omaha. Yeah. Right? It was just it was a rhythmic thing to get us uh, in and out of, uh, of a cadence late on the play clock. So he could do everything else in the line of scrimmage, his real calls, his dummy calls, his adjustments. Um, and then obviously when you have that, then you can change. Then you can go, hey, second Omaha here or have some code words that mean no snap and different things. We obviously use the cadence uh, for years in Green Bay to uh, as, as a weapon. Uh, and I always said it doesn't even matter if we draw them off sides because if they're thinking about it and they're watching the TV copy and they're studying it, they're, they're going to be a little bit slower off because they just don't want to jump off sides. Um, and then obviously we used you know 12 on the field for a long time as well where we're taking shots. But if you look at the, the interesting evolution is that uh, th- not every team still is willing to snap it and take a shot. I mean, for a long time I felt like, uh, you know, Cincinnati, I remember, would snap it and take a knee, which I always thought was wild. Uh, Indy. I think for the most part, we try and just tap the guy. So a guy comes upside, tap him. 
where I always said, man, snap that, snap that thing. Let's take a shot. You know, like I don't care. Like if you block anybody, just snap that. And then that, and then the then what you saw as well, coming out of a 2015 game with some complaints by a certain coach. Uh, now they they started whistling things very quickly. If a lineman moves slightly uh, before the snap, that they would blow the play dead. Uh, it really had to be guys off size, line does not move at all, will allow the play to happen. And then the other adjustment was, which didn't happen, I remember a play specifically from 2009 against Detroit where Vandenbosch was like way off sides. And I like did some pirouette spin around and hit Donald Driver for about 50 yards. Um, that play wouldn't have, wouldn't exist in today's game because there's uh, unabated to the quarterback, which means that the defensive player is in a compromising position for the for the uh, offense and really for the quarterback based on his jump. Um, uh, so now it's, it's a little bit more difficult uh, to get people, but we got people three times in the game uh, on Friday. Timmy did a great job with the, uh, with the cadence. Unfortunately, the downside of it is you can't have your own guys jump offsides. You, know, you can't have a false start. So we had, I think, three uh, offsides and two false starts and a holding, which negated the other one. So Overall, it's kind of a wash. That uh, that needs to be a little bit of a bigger, bigger weapon when we use it. And that's why I think some teams don't want to use it. But I love what da- what Dak did. That was beautiful. I'm laughing at Russ. I think looking at the score in that, it looked like it was 24-12 or 27-12 at that point. So I don't know if he's messing around because sometimes in practice I'll do stuff like that where I'll change the cadence and just say hut one, hut two, whatever. The fact that they snapped that on hut three is pretty amazing. <laughs> but. Uh, but if you have a rhythmic cadence, you can get guys. There's 24 12. Yeah. If you have a rhythmic cadence, you can get guys to jump off sides, and uh, they can really be a weapon because, at bare minimum, they're thinking about it. And if they're thinking about it, they're not going to quite get off on the snap. What is it normally? Uh, it's normal uh, number, color, right? Number, color, and then you bounce it back. How did we get to here we go? And are we just looking for any three syllable? Like, what is the. How do, how do you think Dak ended up with here we go? I think you should ask Dak. I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. I love it, though, because it's loud. Everybody can hear it. And if you watch the – and I was watching the synchronization of the plays, right? He started with here we go, set hut. And he did that, I don't know, three, four, five times. And then came back, and it was a no play. And he go, here we go, set hut. And they jumped, and they got a freebie, right? And then they came back and did a couple of them. Uh, so I love the sequencing. And, that, and that's the beauty of, of a guy really playing a position. And there's a lot of great quarterbacks. There's only a few guys that that really play the position, um, meaning they do all the little things. And and Dak's doing it, and he's having a hell of a season. And it's been it's been fun to watch uh, this year. Yeah, it's like old school feel. And you talk about chatting with. Thank you for the explanation of all that, by the way. I had a pretty good cadence for field goal. You know what I mean? I had a pretty good cadence for field goal. How many times? How many times at field goal would you ever do like a double hands? A lot. I'm going. Yeah, you would. Like this? No, but I would go on. I'd go on four sometimes. We're talking about on four. You'd look at you'd look at Adam, and he'd give you a nod, and then you'd like flash your hands multiple times. Yeah, with a full hit the hole, trying to get the edge guys to go, and you can't do that with a lot of kickers yeah. though. Like Vinatieri, you can do that with. I can go like, yeah, hur, hur, yeah, hur, but not a lot of people you can do that with. You know. But did you tell the snapper, hey, if they jump, snap that thing and, and let's go fire. Let's go deep. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to drop kick this thing. Or, <laughs> yeah. or no, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give it a go. No, I never did that. But the offensive line appreciated it because guys couldn't just 
You yeah, know what I mean? Kill. Couldn't you steamroll? That's the worst position you in sport. Like a, you didn't have like a Costanzo or somebody. It was like, hey, he was playing the wing, and you're like, yeah. hey, snap this thing if they jump, and hey, you just go deep. Yeah. You know how we practice? Fire, fire. That's always the practice. Fire, fire. Never once has it ever worked. <laughs> nope. Ever. The amount of people that need to hear it, the amount of people that don't need to be blocked to, they're like, all right, wing, you're going to go out into the flat, tight end, go ahead and break, you're going to a corner, uh, holder, go ahead and roll that way. It's like if that ball's rolling on the ground, both the tackle and the end are already on the ground because they got ran over by people. There's people in the backfield. It's an impossible but yeah, Costanza was a was a target of basically every single fake field goal that we were to run. But Adam Vinatieri was chasing a record, you see, yeah. a point record. So it wasn't a lot of hey, we're going for touchdowns here. We are uh, <laughs> we're trying to kick field goals in this entire thing. But yeah, I, I used to go. We used to go on three or four. We used to go on three or four legitimately, and it was like a big deal. It's a weapon, you know. We used to move five feet or five yards forward. That's a big deal whenever you're talking about kicks and everything. Like and then Brendan Schooler this year, the way he blocked the field goals because they weren't they weren't going on one or two is whenever the jump right on top. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's crazy whenever they get your you know whenever they get you. That's why the cadences are so damn important. But you've weaponized it more than anybody, I think. And to hear that that wasn't the norm before you were doing it is crazy to me. You, the Bengals used to just take a knee. They get a guy to jump offside. All right, we did it. Let's get yep. five. Yep. Wow. Let's take a knee and get out of here. I, I just assumed the deep shot was like always the yeah. thing. I just assumed that was the case. No, well, you gotta you gotta coach it up. You gotta coach up. Like I think a lot of coaches are thinking, well, what if we get twelve power on and they jump offsides? And I'm always like, yeah, just tell the backs to block, and if the tight end gets out, great. If not, take a shot down the field. Here it is. Here's one against the Chiefs. 17-7-2 in the second quarter. That's quite a dagger. Quite a dagger. James Jones there. Yeah, there's like, we watched a highlight of you doing this. He got like five or six of them. (laughs) Jordy Nelson, there was a bunch to Jordy. Oh, don't play those. Don't play those. A bunch to I think you got Darius one time. Don't play those. On that particular thing? Richard Rogers. Wow. What a crew. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one to Richie there. Oh, right. That was that was using silent cadence, though, which also is a weapon as well, and it's tough. But the whole point is, you know, coaches have fears around, you know, things, and I always said, let's just practice it. Like, let's just, you know, we'll either get our defense or do some walkthroughs and let them jump and just practice getting into, you know, it, it could be a run play. Let's run, you know, toss 18 semi and then have them jump off sides and see if we can react to it. Like, unless we do it. But and they do it wrong once, that's actually probably the best learning. And you can come back and be like, hey, you know, then, then the line starts thinking about it. Then you start asking, getting involved. I like to get the line involved in it. Like, hey, what cadence do you want? You know? And Dave Bakhtiari was, you know, he was always offering suggestions about anything, you know, like <laughs> protection wise, play wise, cadence wise. You know, he always had his, his certain things. And it was funny because he would always offer, you know, like he'd, he'd want to, tell me what to do cadence on and brian would always have to verify what the cadence was so brian Ballara, awesome just retired as a packer but awesome tackle okay. um, not as much as chad clifton chad it didn't matter and and ty you probably laugh at this but chad i swear to god every single play breaking the huddle asked what the cadence was on again i mean they, that's, a nice reminder for you. Like, that's a nice reminder Mar- for you he's a great yeah great reminder brian was brian was much less than that but but dave always told me what to call it on and brian would you know Every now and then, ask me what it was on. But, hey, we uh, missed Bach this year. There's no, no yeah, Bach this yeah. year. I didn't even think about that until just now. No Bach Tiari. Last time we heard from him, 
He was flipping the turf to the grass yes, in that sit-down, isolated video. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super handsome, good hair. Hopefully he gets fully healthy again. We hope for old Buck. You ever talk to any of the guys back at Green Bay still? I do. I do. I still have a lot of great friends uh, Great friends there. So I'm, uh, I sent Jay a message after uh, after the Thanksgiving game. that he played awesome. Um, and that was a big, uh, you know, big win. Obviously, Detroit's had a real nice season. Um, but they've had a couple of the last two where you know, they probably should have lost to Chicago. Um, Chicago kind of gave that thing up, uh, which they somehow didn't last night. And then, uh, <laughs> but but I thought I thought Jordan played uh, you know one of his better games on Thanksgiving and, and really threw it well and was efficient. And um, you know, there's an awesome uh, touchdown. I think it's the first touchdown he threw. Uh, you know, if you know uh, the concepts. You would know this, but I'm about 95% sure that uh, half, you know, that the, the slot guys running, uh, you know, a triple slant, and the number three is running double stick. Which those two plays are often uh, interchangeable, right? And so three breaks out where he should be running a slant, and two runs a slant. There's no way that that. I don't think the play call would be for, you know, <laughs> yeah. no for a guy run a stick and a guy run a slant behind him. But that's one of those fun ones where you go, oh, shit. Oh, oh all right. And that's everybody's true. like, look at this amazing throw. It's like, yeah, somebody ran the wrong route there, you know. But but it uh, looks good in the stat sheet. So, uh, but he's, you know, Jordan's a, a great kid. And, I'm, uh, you know, people are getting to see his ability and his progression and, this the league, you know, not the league, but but the people that study the league, watch the league, not study. That's probably way too much credit. But the people that commentate on the league, scrutinize the league, they want to cancel and and bury people or anoint people uh, much too quickly. And there's a whole lot of flip flopping that goes on with that. There's not a lot of opportunities for people to uh, to learn and grow and and go through their lumps. You know, they're already crowning. Uh, you know, um, Stroud and and Barry and uh, Bryce Young, right? Oh yeah, well, they're 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 coach. Yeah, they're they're coach. Yeah, I know, I get it, but but it's the first year, you know. And yeah, Stroud's been uh, been fantastic, and and Bryce, uh, he hasn't had the same type of numbers. And obviously, they've won one game, but like, Against. are we really going to bury a kid? You know, twenty-two year old kid. Um, after a season, uh, God, I hope not. And I wouldn't count against that kid. I think he's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal player. Uh, he's got a great work ethic, and um, you know they didn't. We played him in the, in the, you know, in the uh, preseason. And I don't think anybody was thinking this was going to be a ten or eleven win team. That they're going to go through some lumps. Um, but that's the league now. It's crazy. They fired. Frank Reich, who's an established coach, phenomenal coach. Obviously, things had, didn't go well there. But 11 games, right, 12 games. And then, you know, that scrutiny that Bryce has had, um, I just hope, you know, he doesn't let this bother his confidence. And on the other side, you can't get too high either. You have a great first season. you got to come back and do it again, right? you got to come back and do it again and again and again and again. The consistency is all you build your resume and build yourself into a perennial Pro Bowl player and All-Pro and MVP and um you can't just rest on your laurels because after the first season, everybody's got film on you now. They got 16, 17 games, and 
you got to reinvent yourself every year and work on the things you're not good at and, and keep honing on things that made you a good player. So um, I think there's too much uh, burying kids and also anointing some of these young players as well. There's a lot of phenomenal young players, and, and I think a kid in Houston's been phenomenal. CJ, um, CJ and Bryce, I think they got the right jib too. I think I don't know how much you got to meet both those guys. I think I like the cut of their jib. Both of them feel like they are willing and ready to be the next ones, you know, and have to like work all year round on this whole craft. I think I don't know. You might know better. I do too. I think they're both they're both great kids and they handle it well. And CJ has been phenomenal. And Bryce has gone through some lumps, but uh, there's there's a lot of lessons to learn. And I think I think it's the right people uh, to. It's the right kid to respond there in, in Carolina for sure, and I think CJ is going to going to ride some ups and downs as well. Um, and how he responds to this is going to uh, show people his character, which I think he's already shown. I think he's done a phenomenal job. But I just don't like it that uh, you know they write off uh, write off people kind of too quick and enjoy kind of piling on uh, a little more than uh, seems necessary. Yeah, we're the worst. They, you know, Sports <laughs> uh-huh. coverage every single day is the absolute worst. We apologize for being a part of it, but it is very easy to say, this guy sucks after he goes out and has one game, or it is very easy to say, this guy's the greatest ever, especially nowadays. That's like the easiest reaction, but the future do seems on, to be in great do hands. It on, do it on Monday, that's fine, but this okay. the rest of the week, right. we got to you know, Monday. and you guys do great because you, you, your spin is always way more positive, except for maybe... You know, Connor has had some rough time this year with his team. And no, he's positive. Ty, although Ty kind of jumped off the the rails from time to time, but I feel like he's back on the bandwagon. And also, Iowa's you know been playing. Uh, I don't I can't say well, but they've been winning games. That's right. That's all that matters. That's right. right. That's all that matters. They've been playing well. Defense has been playing well. Special teams been playing well. Playing really well. Can 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 Iowa? Ty, can Iowa hold uh, hold Michigan uh, to? Uh, Low enough points where they can make it close. Well, I've been telling everyone, Aaron. You know, they're in uh, Michigan's in a dangerous spot because no one's giving Iowa, you know, a, a score to piss his chance to to win this game. And you know, Kirk's dogs will be ready. We'll be ready. I mean, we'll, we'd play out in the parking lot on the concrete if they'd let us. But you know, I mean, we we mentioned it earlier. It's basically a home game for the Hawks. You right. know, Iowa City, Indianapolis, very similar. Ann Arbor, much different. So. I don't know. I'm expecting 65, 70,000, 70, you know, rabid, crazy Hawk fans on Saturday. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm thinking well, I there's know. A, I don't even know if that's allowed. What do you mean? <laughs> just with ticket allotments and everything with neutral site games, I don't think. Yeah, no, a, I heard, you know, Michigan fans are basically just saying, hey, there's no chance you guys are going to win. So, yeah, we'll, we'll sell you, you know, our tickets. <laughs> oh, so, really? Michigan, wow, good, go people. good people. Good people. We've but, had enough this year. We don't need to see another one. But they may have made a hey, massive uh, mistake. You're right. Hey, Ty, Ty, is Pete Thamel going to be one of those uh, Iowa fans on, uh, on uh, Saturday? Well, there's a good chance, but uh, as as many people know, Aaron, uh can't go around Michigan fans because, you know, I'm scared that they may throw bags of feces and, and piss and, and that kind of stuff at me because, oh, I don't know, I was just doing my job, just trying to t- tell everybody that, you know, Michigan was cheating with Connor Stallions and, and, and Jim Harbaugh and, and I guess that makes me a serial killer. You know, throw me in jail. Hate hate my guts for it. Well, uh, take your little kid pants off. You, you know, yeah. that was a very interesting thing to say. Um, you know, <laughs> if it was up to me, 
like I said, I, I would have been in the crowd mixing it up, you know? I'd like to see a Michigan fan come up and get in my face, okay? <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to see that, okay? Talk to Pete Jr. and Pete the Third, okay? Because they were with me all day. I didn't need to be in the stadium, okay? I didn't need to be in the big house, but the powers that be at ESPN said, hey, Pete, we can't have you beating the shit out of, you know, a couple random undergrads at Michigan. I said, fine. That's fine by she me. She said, fine. I said, that's fine by me. I'll, I'll, I'll do my dance. You know, I'll, I'll shit in the, uh, in the big house. I won't cash aspersions on anyone for, for not letting me be down there. But okay. let's just remember, uh, Pete Thamel's always got his big boy pants on, okay? Yeah, he does. He lives in his big boy pants. That's right. And he was right, I think, is what he would say in this entire thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we... We'll see who's laughing when they give me the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, dude. A Pulitzer. I think it's a Pulitzer piece. Oh no, I already got that in the bag. Oh, okay. All right. Sweet, sweet. Speaking of Pulitzers, I think. Huh? Are we doing it? Huh, I don't know if there's any books in this office. Oh man. no! This guy oh, hates reading. Bummer. Oh, no. This guy hates literacy. This guy hates the kids. Damn. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a journal here that somebody's you know private journal. I can maybe go crack through. it open. Oh, yeah, no. let's go read a couple yeah. of those. Yeah. We got a chance to do that in talk. Yeah. What's that in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any. Uh, my books here at the house. I got some good ones in the pipeline. Though some real, real good ones. All right. Well, we can't wait. We'll, we're gonna start reading every book we can find, yeah. mm-hmm. just in hope I that it maybe be on. I, your- I don't expect you to read anything, but. You know, maybe Zito and the boys. Zito, yeah, you should read that Arnold book. You know, you got to learn a little bit more about some of that schmay. Big audio book guy. Me and Zito are reading the same amount of books. You need to know that. We're, that is going to be a zero. But, yeah, big schmay. It's all about the schmay. That's right. You know what I mean? I love the schmay. the schmay. You smoke cigars with this guy? You hang out with this guy? You do ayahuasca with this I, guy? I have. I have, yeah. It's 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 a treat. He's Whoa. a great storyteller. He's, he's a pretty funny, funny guy. And uh, loves the schmay. Loves the schmay. Just like we enjoy and Heather. And shout out Heather. Heather's a, a great cook as well. So. Hey, way to go, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Over there at the Achilles factory. Um, all right, Aaron. Well, enjoy the rest of the day. What's it look like? We got more workouts? We got on, uh, we're re- recovering? What do we got the rest of the Tuesday? No, we're about uh, we're about done uh, for the day. Got everything done this morning, you know. Uh Late to bed, early to rise, uh, gets all your shit done before you die. Go on McAfee's show. Um, oh, okay. that is the quote. Something like that. But uh, yeah, excited about tomorrow and uh, hopefully getting back on the uh, on the practice field. So. Hey, pink sky at night, sailor's delight, pink sky in morning. Pat McAfee's show happened on Tuesdays with Aaron Rodgers. Boom. That's right. That's what they say. That's the old quote, dude. Where's the uh, is Tone? Tone is he there? Well, miss you, Tone. To, we missed Tone. We Funny missed Tone. Funny enough. Yeah, we missed. What's wrong with finally got fired. COVID again? Huh? What you, you said? Tone got fired finally. Tone, you're not getting fired. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. finally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Jeez, what is that? You guys, you guys got feeling good. He's got a family. This guy's calling for his job. Jeez, Louise. That's what media's supposed to do, not players. Um, I thought there was maybe some pressure from. Uh, Canada's people after he was advocating for that firing so hard. He has no people. They hate him, too. Yeah, everybody hates him. He went for 400 yards first game. He was gone. Kenny Pickett played the best game he's had. Fryermuth had a career day. I mean, it was certainly something immediately afterwards. A little cherry on top of that whole Matt Canada story, Aaron. Certainly. You guys you guys going to uh, Friday somewhere or what? 
Uh, so I'll be down in Atlanta. It's a neutral site game, though, and I think the thing's inside. So I'll be down there. We got. You'll be down there, but Connor's not going to piss anybody off. Do you enjoy that know. App State take there in the middle of James Madison? There were so many people there. They were so good oh, to us. Oh, yeah. So nice to us. Nice people too. And Connor just right. spits in their face and ends up he being was right. right. Yeah. yeah, called. It. There was a lot. There was a lot of hatred back at Connor. I don't know. It seemed like it was great. Yeah, a little deep. It was. It was you're you're enjoying that villain role. He's a method actor, just like we all are. We'll see you tomorrow acting again. Yeah, nailed it. Boom. That was right at the That was good. Right there. <laughs> that With was the music, good. too. We'll be acting again. Everybody, I knew these guys are fake. <laughs> it's reading script out there. These guys in media. Tone might have went back I, to the ranch, I though. Was, I was pissed about the script this year, to be honest. I mean, you got a pretty sweet one. What is yeah, it? Four a- games? All right, then go back and hang out with the Dolphins and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Okay. Yeah. I guess is what you said. I'm, I'm turning 40 at some point. Maybe we spice it up a little bit more. Yeah, but this is not what I wanted. Dude, how about how cool you talked about it there with how it's supposed to be in the off season? You running out with that flag. Oh, oh on September 11th? I know. On the worst stadium in the NFL, voted on by players and yeah. everybody? Yep. You're running out there on September 11th with... Nobody voted on that. Nobody fucking voted on that. Come on. 85 people. Yeah, right. What's worse then? What's the worst spot? There's a lot worse spots than that. What's a great spot? What's some of your yeah, favorite yeah. places to play? Let's see your top 31 places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick. <laughs> you got a good recall. <laughs> Listen, uh, obviously Lambo. Lambo's fantastic. I love the turf. Or the, not turf, it was grass. But the grass at Qualcomm was incredible. That was a, not a great place to play, although it was all Packer fans back in 2011. But the grass at Qualcomm was great. The grass at Soldier Field forever until this year. Because Tay sent me like a picture of it before the game when, when the Raiders played there. The grass at Soldier Field was the shittiest forever. Yeah. And that oh, place on gets purpose. colder than any other stadium. Um, I mean, listen, I played Minnesota in three different spots. One of them was the University of Minnesota. Yeah. That was a cold-ass place to play for sure. Was that the historically cold game? that you Was it against you guys? No, they play, that was a playoff game in Seattle when uh, – Walsh missed that uh, that shorty like a twenty mm-hmm. something yard field goal. Um, they would have beat uh, Seattle. Um, yeah, they missed some. The you know, there's a stadium uh, in Virginia that's pretty bad. Washington. Uh, yeah, they got poop pipes burst in. Yeah. They had no hot water after the last game. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some people in some hot water for the lack of hot water. That's right. Kill a little dust up over Chicago. there. Chicago. That's accidentally happened in Chicago a few times over the years. I can tell you that. <laughs> to both teams, um, never after a, never after an L, only after a big dub by the G and G would they. Oh, the water's not working. Well, that's because you were uh, the landlord. Remember? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the old. Oh, I was talking about worst locker rooms. The old Metrodome locker room was literally shoulder to shoulder, but your shoulders were bigger than the size of the locker. Candlestick was uh, terrible. Candlestick was really bad. Yep. That was bad. Two Chains performed, though. Remember when Two Chains performed in our game on the on the dugout out there? I, uh, yeah, I remember that we didn't uh, Killed? didn't touch old Kaepernick the entire game. He ran I think he ran for 170 yards and didn't get tackled one time. Well, Titty Boys performed. Later yeah. ran out of bounds. That'll happen. Yeah, that's gonna happen. And people forget the first pass of the game went the other way. Pick six from Sammy Shields. I was like, oh, we're gonna blow these boys out." 
No, we didn't. Nah, Titty no, Boy's on the dugout. Yeah. You guys got no shot with two chains on the dugout. Crap you got going. no chance at all there. Oakland was terrible there for a while. Everybody's out I was literally out. just going to say the Coliseum was terrible. Kansas City, cool. that locker room, away locker room, not good. Not that, great. That thing's tiny. How are the Pittsburgh locker rooms? Nice new. Because they got college there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Pittsburgh's good. All the new stadiums are actually pretty good. Like the, the Niners locker room. Away team locker room is really nice. Do you, I think they have to be now. I wonder if there's like a whole mm-hmm. song and dance. What Iowa? Didn't you guys used to have the pink? Still do, still do, brother. Pink locker rooms. Is that why you guys are in the Big Ten championship? I mean, I don't know. You know, Hayden Fry was a genius. You call, calm the away team down before the game. Just calm them down. And they and AJ knows. I mean, shit, AJ, you ever win at Iowa? I don't know. I don't did think, I? Well, we've talked about this before. I don't think you did. Oh, really? Whoa. It's a great place to play. Yeah, those pink locker rooms got us all freaked out. Bingo. It's probably the general's fault. Could have been. Well, we don't know what he's thinking <laughs> when he sees that pink wall. You know, everybody, God, I need all of it. I need all of it. Uh, I think we know what he was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh-huh. That's it. They, I heard they actually put it in four guys that are exactly like the general Bob Carpenter. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. We're going to distract one type of human. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a barbarian-like guy. And that's the general Bob Carpenter. That's right. How do you feel about the is there, is there anybody like that guy? No. <laughs> no. Did you watch? Aaron, you remember in uh, Dallas, I believe it was the Creed game. You ran in from your pre, like early, early warmups. Aaron ran into the locker room. Like, hey, man, you got to go see Bob's mustache. Have you seen this? And I think he had cut it into a big time handlebar. And he actually set it up yep. too. So he got his license picture taken that same week. So he could have the handlebar for like <laughs> eight years of his license. <laughs> And that's the first thing I remember is going and seeing Bob, but Aaron came like running into me and let me know. He's the best, dude. Did you watch that Michigan Ohio State game? Did you watch that at all? I did, yeah. And his Michigan team might be the mentally toughest team of all time. Legitimate. I have no idea how there's a lot of shit. A lot of shit. And they've somehow maintained the course here. I think that's pretty impressive. Like very impressive. Yeah, it can bring it can bring it together for sure. Especially now you got a common enemy, it's Michigan against everybody, right? Um, but, but they don't have any really weaknesses. The defense is really, really good. Uh, they got a couple of really good backs. Uh, quarterback looked like he was healthy and was making some plays. Um, but I think I was probably going to have their hands full this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's probably the case. But, but I will say the thing working in their favor, Ty, you know this, is nobody expects them to win. Bingo. That's right. That's a, that's a good place to be in. I agree. There's a lot of situations though that just don't get talked about afterwards, where everybody thought one team was going to lose, and they do, and they just move let's along. Talk about let's talk about one thing. You know that that you know, and give a shout out to my alma mater and Justin Wilcox at Cal. You know the boys were been through an up and down season, lost a few close games, but we were four and six. We beat Stanford, won the axe again, and then they beat. UCLA in the last, and this is the sad part. This is crazy. The last Pac-12 game, regular season game ever. They came through, beat UCLA to get the six and six, get bowl eligible. So shout out to uh, to Justin and his coaching staff, all the Cal Bear faithful, and the Pac-12 as the uh, the legendary former UCLA center. Bill Walton would say the conference of champions. That's right. After this weekend, will be no more. So hopefully, uh, 
the committee does the right thing and puts the winner of this Oregon-Washington game into the college playoff um, because that'd be a nice way to go out for the conference before it disbands and Cal fucking joins the ACC. (laughs) (laughs) Who you got in the game? Two good quarterbacks, Bo Nix, Penix Jr.? Bo's playing amazing. I'm a little torn because I know if Washington wins, there's no way they get they get uh, you know held out. I also really really enjoy uh, watching Bo and feel like he can win a Heisman. I feel like it's kind of between Daniels and what is that odds? Say? I can't tell. Minus one sixty five. Bo's the favorite. Who's who's second? Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. And then Penix is third. Yep. Yeah, Penny's fifteen. And that's kind of what I was thinking. So I feel like if it'd be awesome for the Pac-12 in their last year, you know, for Bo to win it. I feel like if he plays really, really well, which he has been incredible, I think he should win the Heisman. And if if Oregon wins, you know, with one loss, three points at Washington, if you look at their record, you know, up up against the other one loss teams, it's going to be very interesting because if Alabama wins, their one loss would be against Texas week two. Texas, their loss would be against Oklahoma, I believe, in the Red River rivalry. Is that right? Yeah. And so, to me, Oregon is in over those. What happens in the ACC? Because everybody's just waiting for a reason for Florida State to to not make it. But if they end up winning, they're probably in. SEC has got to get somebody in, right? You would think. Uh, they're saying maybe not. That's what the, all well, the college people are saying. It's crazy. Because Georgia's one loss would be Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand the BCS and, and what they've put together now. So I wanted to just like have controversy every year just so they realize how stupid it is to not have more than four teams. And obviously they're changing it, but it's years of ridiculousness. Yes. But that's why I'd love to see Alabama win and <laughs> – uh, Iowa win, hell yeah, and Oregon win, chaos. and full chaos. Louisville, Louisville win. Yes, now, Aaron's pulling now what for you full do? chaos. <laughs> Love it, full chaos. Everybody's got one loss. All right, committee. Now you're gonna piss off at least four teams. I love that you're just pulling. you realize how stupid this has been this entire time. You you lose not just the integrity of these bowls, which have been amazing um, over the years, but now but you, you lose out on all the money that you could have had. NCAA and, and you guys talked about that when you were at James Madison. Like what they've done to that school, like locking that school out of a bowl game, is ridiculous too. Like we all know that, but it's just common practice for the NCAA. Like you know, going after kids for getting meals from you know. A, family they grew up with that was like their second family and can't buy them a you know freaking cheeseburger and all the other stupid ass shit that they <laughs> try to enforce over the years it's an absolute joke uh they're i mean and now they're professional football now they're upset that the players are making a little bit of money i mean it's hey you follow college ball i just heard a full on I mean, there's college football playoff rankings being released tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Your take right there is going to be said by at least two of the people that are on TV up there. You sound like you know college ball. You've been following along. Well, let's just age. I want to ask you this. I have been. Um, and then I'll get off uh, and get on with my life. But how off. far does Ohio State How far does Ohio State drop in the polls? Because that's going to be huge, right? 
I don't know. Does anyone give him a chance to possibly get in? Is there even an outside chance? I don't think so. With how everything's going. I, last year, they got a reprieve. They dropped to 15. It doesn't even matter. No, probably no. eight. No, no. Eight or nine. I think you need, you need for Ohio State again, you need Georgia to win. You need uh, Michigan to win. You need um, Oklahoma State to win. Louisville. You need uh, Washington to win. Yeah, and Louisville to win. Yeah. And I think they get. I think they get in this four seed if that happens. <sighs> general was ranked. General put them in. I'll be very yeah. excited to see how the general has them ranked. But like this year, with the parity amongst all of the conferences, it's like the decision is going to be made. You hear Herb Street talk about it yesterday. He's like, it's not about who's deserving. Okay, everybody's deserving. He's at the point where it's like, can we get the four best in here? Yes. Because the average point differential of these games is like twenty points a yeah. game. Like these call these semifinals, it's like who deserves to be in there? Who deserves to be in there? Who played hard this year? You know, who did that whole thing? And Herbie's sitting up there in the booth, and by the second quarter, this thing's twenty-one. Three. And he's like, this game's already over. What are we? He's experienced it, I think, from a different angle. So he wants the best teams. I want the best games, the best games, the best games. But the best team didn't show up every single week throughout the entire season. So it's like, who is, who isn't? I do not envy that committee at all. And I'm thankful that we got the 12-team playoff next year, Aaron. Very thankful for that. Very, very thankful. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that committee jobs suck. They Brutal. love that power. They signed up for it. Oh, yeah. Like they want to be in that room saying, well, you know, but it's like they're never going to get Those it right. Committee members are the same people that are going to be 85 years old sitting on the HOA head of those committees. Yes. <laughs> you know, telling people they can't build a fence in their backyard. They got to paint their house a certain color. That HOA thing is wild. In Pittsburgh, where I grew up, no HOA. And then you come out to Indiana, and I learned yeah, that. I, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Try that in the you know, small town of Pittsburgh. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know how. We got other rackets that are running. Yeah. Okay, The Italians are doing their thing. We don't need individual HOAs with no Italians telling me what there, to do. You're not Whoa. doing that on, on Greenfield Avenue. You know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead. Build a fence. Do whatever you want. Just don't come inside ours. <laughs> yeah, just don't fucking look inside what we got going on. Anyways, Tim McAfee got uh, too many sticks in his front yard, his HOA first oh. visit to him. Is that, that right? Was, that was awesome. Hmm. What am I, hey, Aaron, uh, if uh, David fire. Tepper called you, would you uh, entertain a, an interview to be a head coach there? There we go. <laughs> I'm going to try and play. I'm going to try and keep playing. I know, but what if he says, hey, man, we're, I'm going to bring an intern in maybe for a year. But, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to interview you because I think you could be a potential head coach in this league. Jackie Moon. Yes. Hard pass. Thank That's you. Okay. Hard pass. AJ, how about you? Dave Tepper calls, says he wants you to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we could we could have a Zoom. We'll Zoom and talk about it. Okay, see if you guys like each other. Yeah. I don't really want to. I don't. I can't really move. But I don't. You know, I don't foresee that happening. I don't think he would do it. But you know, you never know. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to move where's down. A, where's AQ at? You know, I feel like he's a little salty on me after I, you know, told him that he might have had that thing a little wrong when, you know. Pittsburgh's running form of this old kangaroo play we had. Not, you know, receivers probably weren't supposed to be blocking. Whoa. You get a little salty about that. Well, AQ, AQ, listen, he loves the football as much as the next guy. He does. But he was. He does a great job on his run game stuff. When you start talking about, you know, pass game, like, 
This is what he, he says to Orlovsky. Yeah. There you go. Hey, this is what he says. This is what he says whenever like quarterbacks start talking about run game or run protection and everything like that. He like Orlo- the reason why in the trenches exists mm-hmm. with AQ Shipley is because Dan Orlovsky threw some center under the bus on ESPN like three years ago, four mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I got this entire video from AQ's phone going, This fucking idiot. <laughs> and he like broke the whole thing down and I'm like, All right, dude, you want do you want me to tell you want me to give you Orlovsky? number or whatever he goes no but this needs to change it's like okay maybe we'll do it in the trenches that's where we got and now you're doing yep. the yeah. same thing back to him Duncan. it's a nice little circle of this entire thing well I, I think he's he's he would meet his match if he really wants to start matching wits in the run game because i i know the run game pretty well too Ooh, so yeah but I don't I'm know. Gonna help him. he's challenging I he i don't think he's yeah. challenging <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little different there. I think I love I love both what AQ does and DB on there. I think those are awesome segments. And just like I've been watching way too much damn football this year, I get to watch your show when I was at the Achilles Factory like every damn day, which has been awesome. Hell yeah! But those are those are fun segments too. Well, thanks for watching. Well, thank we, you, Aaron. We, yeah, it's yeah. great to pass time. It's great to pass time with. Yeah. Sure. There's still people that don't think you tore your Achilles. Will we ever get a photo of the Achilles being just ripped? <laughs> Listen, we're on YouTube now, so let me just say it to anybody out there that didn't think I tore my Achilles. GFY. Oh. Like that. Oh. What does that mean? First word is go, and the last word is yourself. Finger in the middle. Middle, The middle is probably what you're not doing living in your parents' basement. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. That was what happened with COVID. Yes. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. All right. Well. GFY to all of them. That's what I say. Yep. Go finger yourself everywhere. Amen. All over the place. <laughs> do what you need to do. That's right. But just keep your stupid, ill-informed opinions out of our universe. Please. Ain't that right, Aaron? Yeah. Just do your own research. Oh, no. Nice. Right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. Fauci was like, get him off. Yeah. yeah. Please, please. <laughs> please, quick. <laughs> get him out. Uh, let's get to a break. Hey, Ton. Hope you're good, Fauci and Diggs. Yep. Hope you guys are good. Oh, is Tone all right? He's okay. Yeah, he was just sick. Oh. He had an accident. They, they didn't want to spread. He didn't have an accident. Oh, well. He was sick. Yeah. He's, he's sick. sick. I, he's sick he's currently. Sick. Yes. I sold it to Foxy. Like, he... Damn near crashed his car and died. Oh yeah. Why did you do I Monday morning, seven AM. <laughs> yeah, asshole. Diggs isn't coming in today. He was driving home and he got a big accident. Oh, what you do? <laughs> I don't know. Foxy what so the hell? It's just a good perspective, you know? Tony's sick. He could have crashed his car. Like and what died. Gary V does. Exactly. Anybody catch the uh... It did make me grateful for the week we had coming. Boom. Right. Well, Tony, we miss you, pal. Did anybody check out the Gary Vmon? I did. The whole stream. I did. Uh, Gary wasn't on there for about two hours, and after I watched two hours of it without Gary, I was like, okay. So you were waiting for him to push. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Nothing. What's that all about? Can't be doing that, Gary. He's not. Who's beating the boss? The boss ain't there. You're just beating yourself. You're beating off. Yeah, they were doing like a uh, like a pack opening and sending the packs to people. So it was like, hey, this is Ed and Steve's pack. I'm going to open it now. And they showed you the pack, and they were doing that. They weren't really battling the boss. Uh, I assume Gary was in the lab making more Vmon. Let's get to a break.
Come on, Gary. We got everything DB late. Good D, bad D. Yes, sir. Let's go. Patriots on there? Uh, the Patriots did not make it. Damn. How about the Colts? The Colts did make it. Ooh. For good D? Good, absolutely. Wow. Only, only winners make a good D. Well, that's not completely true. Don't look Unless now. I need to bury. Don't look now. Colts are in the playoffs. Boom. Yeah. Everything's still in front of us. We're like the perfect team because we already got a quarterback for the future. Okay, we already got a quarterback for the future. So it's not like we're trying to tank. Like the fans are happy if we win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're, ha- we're happy if we win. Let's keep it going. If we lose, ah, teams. Yeah, quarterback, our quarterback. Our quarterback it's whatever. like a perfect situation. And as you watch Gardner Minshew do a shoulder shimmy of the century after he scores another touchdown and throw some up to Michael Pittman Jr. and the boys, it's Downs. like, here we go. Josh Downs, the player. It's fun. It's been a fun year watching this coach. Got a good coach. Shane Steichen's a guy. JT got hurt. We're saying good things. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor did hurt his thumb. It was only his thumb. That's good. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Think of what we were talking about in the summer with them. In training camp with Jonathan Taylor, with everything. Man, this is a tough job to come into. And now look at you. It's a hell of a coaching job. Shane Steichen's done it. And also, good backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Instead of like Dude, Tim Boyle, huge. I didn't want to bury him to Aaron. <laughs> but I did think about asking like, hey, did you think about just rolling yourself out there and just maybe flick of the wrist in that 55-yard Hail yeah. Mary before Sitting half? down on your butt cheeks and yeah. tossing it. In. <laughs> so, we didn't, so the Tim Boyle doesn't have that on his resume? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, did you see what happened during that uh, the Hail Mary, Aaron? Everybody's saying it's like the worst play of all time. Yeah, Hail Mary. Do you think about going out there? I mean, he only had to throw that 50, 56 yards. He almost made it there. Yeah, right around right the goal line. I was pissed. Why were you pissed? It's good for DB. Yeah. No, Al Davis. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. So Rest in peace. Bad day in heaven. I don't think I've ever seen a Hail Mary take it back. Never. Ever. Yeah, that's why it was. Shout out, Javon. Hey, way to go, Holiday. Holland, I'm sorry. Good work. On holiday. On holiday. On holiday. Holland on holiday. Mm-hmm. Yep. AC Holland on holidays, fucking. Watch out. It's hard to get a hold of. Yeah. It's hard to get a hold of Holland on a holiday. It is. You know, especially whenever he's returning a Hail Mary that's really hellacious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holland on a holiday for a Hail Mary that's hellacious is hard to get a hold of. <laughs> Holler back, dude. Well said. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Happened last night. That man has won a lot of championships in football. That's AJ Hawk. The talk to the table is here at Boss O'Connor and at Ty Schmidt. And the man who's sitting in place of one half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs, who is out because he is sick. Uh, Darius J. Butler is yes, here. Thank you, much. You look super cool. I had the hat on all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of took that off because we're about to get, get to everything get DB. Real. Yeah, you got to let the brain breathe a little bit. Um, oh, that's smart. why people wear visors. Yeah. yeah. Let that brain in there. Did you hear what Kirby Smart said about Jalen Milrow? Kirby Smart, obviously the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. They're back-to-back national champions. We had the incredible honor of talking to this dude. He was great on our show. Oh, yeah. He's great, great on our show. Seems like he's building a team in a blue-collar fashion, a tough fashion. Hey, they're playing Alabama in the SEC Championship this Saturday, where we will be live from for game day, and I'll be live from on Friday. Here's Kirby Smart talking about Jalen Milrow. You're talking about a compliment. Here's like 10 of them in one particular statement. When you were talking about Milrow, are those like Tim Tebow characteristics with the size, the speed, and the running ability? No offense to Tim Tebow, but I love Tim Tebow. He's, he's, this guy's different. You know, Tim was, uh, you know, I mean, he was just, it was a different, different running style, you know, very different running style in terms of uh, what they did and, and how they did things. Um, this guy's, I mean, it's like when I was, when I used to ask 
my, my sons who they were playing with on the Madden game, and they would say, I'm playing with the Ravens. And I would say, why are you playing with the Ravens? And they would say, I got, they got Lamar Jackson, and nobody can tackle him. Well, this guy's a, a bigger physical version of, of that. He's playing in a different speed uh, than everybody else when you watch it. And that's the way the Madden game was for him. And, uh, you know, people – the guy throws the ball really well. Old school 2K, you'd play with Pat White, Steve Slate, and West Virginia was the team on NCAA 2K because yep. of what Pat White was able to do at the quarterback position and running. Obviously, Michael Vick was like that, Madden Lamar Jackson like that. Whenever you have these freak athletes at the quarterback position who just are seemingly faster, stronger, smarter, right. and everything at, at one position, it's but I didn't know Milrow had that type of respect from his peers, though. I didn't know Milrow had that respect because this is his first year starting. He got benched earlier in this year. And we've seen him obviously blossom and grow. And he actually said, uh, where's the Heisman? Give me that motherfucker mm-hmm. after the fourth and goal from the 31, which I love that. I, I enjoy hearing that type of boxy out of him. I'm pumped for Milrow. Like, hey, congratulations, man. Yeah. That's like the back-to-back national champions talking about you. He's worked his ass off to get here, which I think makes us understand, too, that like this Georgia defense is going to be ready for everything that this Alabama team has. Think about how Kirby's talking about this Alabama team as we head into the SEC championship, AJ. Yeah, I mean, we were there and That's we got insane. to see him play. We, we watched him play in person. The first thing I, you notice when you see him is just his physical stature, just everything about him. And then you watch how he's progressed, especially as a passer this year, and you see his leadership. And I mentioned it ye- yesterday. I feel like he has infectious positivity, at least every time he's on camera, his, his teammates have to feel that. But if you're Think if you're an opponent, upcoming opponent, and you're watching some of that film, it's scary to think about what this guy can do with his legs, obviously, all day long. But like He can just beat you so many different ways. I remember I played against Cam Newton when he was early on in his career, and Cam was like, all right, man, what are we, we going to do? What do we have to do here? Like You do whatever you can, get him to the third and long or whatever. Cam runs three dudes over, you know, rolls his way into the end zone, like, and he would just continue to do that all day, and then he lofts the ball over your head and has nice touch on it. And he can kind of do everything. And I think Milwell, we're watching him grow as a quarterback, but man, it's fun to watch like just his physical nature and everything that he can do that you can't really, you can't coach. You can't do that. Like he's just special. He gets on the edges too. Those corners are making some business decisions. D bud. What do you think about this Alabama team? Like you said, he's built, but freak show athlete Uh, still, in my opinion, athletes still learning how to play quarterback. Obviously it's long season. We saw him take that L to Texas. You mentioned get benched and you make a big play like that. Um, in the Iron Bowl, and now, shit, you got the back-to-back national champs. This is completely flip everything on his head. He goes out and win this game. But um, just a freak athlete. He's in open space. Any Saturday, he can be the fastest, most electric player on the field, which is saying something in the SEC if you're playing a quarterback position. So uh, he's a special talent to watch. And Saban, I think, has really embraced everything that he is. You know, they have a, a meeting every single week. They chit-chat. It's, I think it's near whenever we get a chance yeah. to talk to Coach Saban. But the way he's talked about his development, and he said, the guys really like him. That's what he kept. He yeah. just always says, the guys really like him. That means something. Like earlier, Lombardi yep. was talking about Carson Wentz whenever um, Frank Reich basically told the Colts, like, hey, I, I, Carson over here... Whenever we were looking for a quarterback, obviously with Frank and Doug and Carson were able to do in Philadelphia uh, before big Richard Nick Foles came in and did his thing. Frank Reich thought that they could kind of recreate Carson Wentz was an MVP quarterback before he got hurt for the Philadelphia Eagles in Indianapolis. And then when it didn't work out, when Carson couldn't win over the locker room and when nobody really... Michael Lombardi said he thinks that ruined Frank, like his confidence and everything, because Frank thought he saw something and it completely backfired. And he said it was because he couldn't relate to the lot. Like if the team likes you, 
That's a massive ordeal. Now, you have to be good. You can't suck. Normally, <laughs> if you suck, teams aren't going to like you just because you're ruining a lot of our lives. Okay, A lot of us are potentially doing our jobs pretty good, and we can't be happy. You know why? Because you stink. That's going to be at any position, yeah. but it's certainly at a quarterback position whenever they're touching the ball every single time. It's not easy to be liked anywhere in a professional sport level if you're losing and you stink. That's just going to be one of those things. But like, how much he's loved – the benching, how he handled it, it's like mentally the makeup of this guy mm-hmm. is special. I think he's very fucking special. And Coach Saban has coached people like Hertz, who I think we're mm-hmm. watching his yeah. leadership kind of be on display. So with how athletic he is, how mentally sharp and tough and seemingly professional he is, it's like Milrow might be a guy for a long time in this football world. And I think, he, you know, with the way the NFL game is kind of going, are we just seeing the beginning of something very special? And is this weekend one of the ones we'll look back on and said changed everything for him from the national spotlight? What, what year is Milrow? Uh, junior. Oh, junior? Junior. Uh, maybe sophomore. Year. Junior, but there's yeah. COVID year, I think. COVID you know? year. Yeah. I mean, even... And I hate to do it because I know he's a quarterback and probably wants to be a quarterback, but he's when I watch him play, I feel like this guy can play four or five different positions. And obviously, if he wants to stay a quarterback, he can do that and continue to develop. Soft, a tough one. But uh, you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, Hurts, but even Tua, you know, Tua is mature. Somebody talked about it the other day about uh, what Mike McDaniel's doing on here, and then to go back with Wentz, what Lombo said about that connectivity, like that was a. Super tough year. I couldn't imagine that year being in 2020, that COVID year, you're coming in and, like, trying to connect with new teammates, trying to get them to like Because I feel like the Eagles, the guys, before he got hurt, I feel like they spoke about him glowingly. Like, the team loved him oh, when yeah. he was on that MVP run. But it, it He was an MVP one. player. Yeah. He was beloved by everybody. Yeah. Got yeah. paid. And it was a dive. Was it a – he hurt his uh, – Against the Rams. It was on a dive, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he was It was on, like, a push, line, like yeah. a shove. It was like, uh, he was rolling out, but uh, it, yeah, it was him. He scored too, right? Yeah, he scored, yeah. and then his because knee- he dove, yeah, the guy was going to hit him, hit his knees, and it got like smushed between the guy who was tackling him and the guy that was diving trying to stop him. Oh, that changes everything. Everything. Um, yeah. He came back in the next play, too, and I believe they went for two, and he was on the field for that play. Yeah, that's Carson Wentz football. Damn that's right. right. That's, that's Carson right. Wentz football. That changes it all. But, yeah, you're right. I guess during the time in which it was, it's going to be tough to connect. But if you don't have the locker room behind you, I think that says a lot about who you are. That means the locker room knows, like, in the locker room, he's cool. In the weight room, he's working his ass off. In the meeting room, he's paying attention. You know, like, those are things that guys like. Like, if you're a shitbag and you're also bad mm. – <laughs> Not a lot of people are going to like you. Like, hey, you're ruining everything for us. Like, all of us are kind of doing our thing. If you're a shitbag and you're great, it's like, all right, hey, that's we'll how we're going. Keep hey, going. Don't that, put up with it. Yeah, you're right. Don't put up with it until you're not good anymore. Yeah, that's, how, can, that's the thing. Hey, you know, that's how he plays. Hey, yeah, can't put that's too much information in there. Yeah, can't be watching <laughs> film. Yeah, because he, you know, yeah, it's just saying how that. Everyone will make excuses for it. If you're winning games <laughs> and you're playing well, everyone around will make excuses for every, if, like, pitfall that you may have until you start losing games. And you start playing bad. If you start playing bad, it's like, Ooh. well, you ever think about maybe... That guy's a fucking like, asshole. Like maybe showing up before 9 a.m. one time, buddy? Like, yeah, hold that. Yeah, maybe like cold tub, you know, maybe not being late to treat. You ever think about maybe just doing that? It'd be good. It's funny, though, isn't it, Pat? All the stuff that you used to think he was cool for. Man, this guy's awesome. He smokes cigs. He doesn't ever work out. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. a legend, right? Yeah. He's a legend, bro. And then the second he starts playing bad, they hate everything about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bud. Been there. Yeah, a lot of that. I mean, you think about, like, uh, I mean, a lot of teams have those guys. Because there's a lot of guys who, I don't want to say a lot of guys, but, like, there's a handful of guys who are just, you don't think, their diet is terrible. The way they live, terrible. Their study habits, not great. Work ethic, is it? But then, game day, they show up somehow. 
and it is it's like rear a complete different Dog. ball game. handful of guys yeah like yeah. a handful of guys like Ocho Cinco kind of because he was just eating McDonald's yeah but I think his work ethic is yeah. stupid yeah, yeah. okay, okay. sleeping at the facility and stuff yeah. yeah yeah like I think that's the thing that doesn't get talked about is like the amount of like film study and work it takes to be at that highest level even the people that potentially like kind of fuck off a little bit but there are some guys that for somehow some way and they don't they're not going to be Hall of Famers but they're able to have success who just somehow are the worst professional athletes of all time. Everything you're not supposed to do, they do. And somehow they can pull it off and everybody else is just like, that's not real life. That's not how it goes. And then it ends up crashing. Then it kind of ends yeah. up crashing. It's hard to sustain. Happen. It's really hard to sustain that like, oh, you're just the best athlete. You've always been the best athlete. You can just show up and as long as you play somewhat hard, you're going to be very good. Yeah, That's hard to sustain that for many, many years. And if you hear what everybody's saying about Milrow, sounds like he's beloved. Yep. It's because he's doing it right on the uh, behind closed doors, which we appreciate. Can't wait to see his growth. Even though D-Butt's like, put him a tight end. That yeah, guy, what is that uh, about? Uh, that, uh, that, yeah, but he wants to be a quarterback. Hey, hey respect quarterback. it. Hopefully he continues to grow. But if he does not, and there's no money anymore left, and there's the only option is to maybe run a couple routes. Don't think it's a bad idea. No, nope. don't think it's a bad idea for anybody out there. Not that he's going to need to do that. We're just saying in general. And then you go to Georgia, Carson Beck. This dude just throws averages three hundred a game. Just whatever. We're undefeated. Here we go. We beat everybody. That's just what we do. And I throw the ball all over the yard. We obviously have a run game in Milton and Edwards, but this dude is like a real deal. And he's making tough throws too. He's not even in the conversation for the Heisman. They're like not even number one team, number one team in the country, back to back national champions. His first year starting, averaging like 300 yards a game, uh, slicing, dicing. They lose the best player in the country. He has his best game after that Mm -hmm. happens. It's like, and nobody's even talking about him. I assume his, like Jalen Milrow, obviously Kirby just complimented him. That's not normal though for a lot of people to come out and say that about him. And then Carson back nobody's saying shit about this guy he he has to have so many and he's stuck around now he played before stetson played then stetson comes in whenever he gets hurt and does the whole stetson thing for however long it is and now he's still there it's like the amount of shit he's been through and what he got a bunch of good pub too when he was in like we were always maybe it was just everything like the age everything his story is why he got a little more pub or or i guess stetson is the one who kind of Put those there, and now he's trying to uphold the expectations. And Carson Beck, yeah, that's what. You, of course, yeah, you better win every game. You better throw for three hundred plus. Yeah, Carson's phenomenal, though. Yeah, oh yeah, I, really? I am a big fan really? of it, and he has a leg tat, which he does. You know what I mean? That, oh, yeah. that is a, a lot of moxie. That's an ipso facto. That is an indicator for me because a lot of people say, "Oh, I'll get a leg tat." Not, not everybody follows through with how long that has to take, oh my God. the pain process, and knowing exactly how cool it's going to look all the time. Dealing with how cool you look all the time is something you have to decide. He did. I love him. I absolutely love Carson Beck. That Georgia team also feels like, you know, in like October, it was one of those things where like they were maybe susceptible, like, hey, someone could maybe get him here. But now they've like found their identity and they they know who they are and it seems like they're right back to where they were last year. Like early in the season, I think a lot of people were you know like oh you know they lost so many guys to the NFL. They don't have Stetson raising hell in Athens anymore. They well, have, maybe. Well, well yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess you're right. <laughs> but was. now it seems like they've kind of rounded into form. I mean, like you talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like their fans were kind of ho hum after they beat Missouri, and now we see like what Missouri's doing. It's like. This team's very, very fucking good, and it's going to take a Herculean effort from Alabama to beat them. Yeah, and, and everybody 
is just not even Brock Bowers. Obviously, oh, the best tight end. He's Lam McConkey. Yeah, he's dog, awesome. Dog. How, about, how about his story? How about his story we learned about on game day? Mm-hmm. Jen Lada, I think, mm-hmm. yep. did a Lad McConkey special. His oh, yeah. story, walk on, obviously yeah. played. Every, he's sweet. He's awesome. They got more and more. It's an NFL factory all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm really hoping Saban comes out and just does exactly what Kirby does. Like, yeah, my grandkids were playing Madden and. They're playing for the Bills, and I said, why Why are you playing for the Bills? Because they got Josh Allen, and he can do stuff that no one else can, and that's just like Carson Beck. Like, they should just go back and forth about their players and Madden. Hey, you should tell them on Thursday. You should say, hey, I got an idea. I know you got people you bounce ideas off of. I got an idea. Let me be one for you. Hey, because what Kirby did was be liked, uh, be loved by everybody. Everyone was talking rat about poison. it. Rat poison. You can have the same. Yeah, that's part of what he's saying. Yeah, I heard but what he's, he's saying. He's right. spitting the rat poison. Mm-hmm. In this in this sense, he is the rat poison. I appreciate that the SEC championship is Georgia and Alabama, and I appreciate that it's Kirby Smart and Saban, especially if you go all the way back to last national championship when David Pollock, who I am a massive fan of, one of the greatest Bulldogs of all time, if not the greatest George Bulldog of all time, said right in front of Saban, like, <laughs> yeah, this is George's daddy now, yeah, pretty much, mm-hmm. is what he said in front of Saban, and they zoomed in on Saban's face, and they're like, look at this, and now, here we are, you know, in a definite college football playoff spot online, and if Georgia was to lose this, mm. not saying that's going to happen, but it's college football, literally anything yeah. can, happen. can happen at any moment. It's like if Georgia loses, they're not going to be in a college football playoff all of a sudden because they lost one game. And it was to Alabama in the SEC championship. And they're going to leave the back-to-back national. So the back-to-back national champions, there's going to be another team with one loss in the college football playoffs. But the back-to-back national champions with one loss aren't going to get in. Boy, I know the Georgia fans can get loud, okay, because they have certainly done that to me in person and on the internet very, very much so. Could you fathom that decision being made? Oh by the, my God. This, there's fucking chaos around it. Like Aaron said, I want chaos. Like there's a chance that it could happen. Now, chalk can go through and everything can get figured out. And the Florida State conversation is going to be the one that's going to piss everybody off. God. But if a couple other things happen, you know, and there's going to be a lot of very loyal, passionate, loud people with connections, fan bases. Hey. A lot of them. You know, everybody just thinks about a couple. It's like, you don't think Texas has... Mm-hmm. You don't think Texas has some oh, yeah. uh, some alumni that are pretty loud? I think, right. yeah. I think they have some pretty loud alumni that will spur up a very, very passionate fan base. If they're left out of this thing, if they go win the Big 12, you know, if with a win over Alabama on their record, you know, it'll be – it's it's chaos, bro. College football is fucking insane. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. It's the best. Uh, it, it cannot wait for this weekend just because of what we'll, you know, we'll be able to talk about after. But what happens if Georgia – Loses and Bama wins, obviously, and Bama and Georgia both get in. Who's three? Who's four? Like even that conversation. Well, then just think about this: Oregon beats Washington. Let's say Oregon beats Washington. So now Oregon buzzsaw right now. Yes. Like if you watch how they have played, they are so they have one loss. Texas wins. They have one loss. Let's say Bama beats Georgia. Mm -hmm. So those two both have one loss. Yeah. So it's four of those with a Michigan. They're locked in. Does it matter how Georgia would lose though if they lost? Does it matter? Yeah. What's that? How the game looks? Like, say somehow Georgia lays an egg and doesn't look good. Does that change compared to if they so. lose by three? For sure. I think so. Everything is like eye test almost in college football. It is. It, it, which is insane. You got you to gotta win your way into the conversation. And then once you get in the conversation, now it's just like. You got to lose at the right time. Too, if you and that's why people have an issue with Florida State. Because it's, they, they have done everything that they've needed to do up to this point. And it's no disrespect to Florida State because it's kind of not their fault. And it's what we talk about. It's like it's not their fault that their conference. Let me go through their schedule. I did this yesterday because the way that Herbie was talking, like 
hey, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a situation. They got obviously they got Louisville, Braum and the boys. We'll see how that goes in the uh, ACC championship. They beat Florida twenty four fifteen with backup in Florida rivalry. Okay, yeah. in a rivalry game. Great, win. that's a big time win. Boring, yep. They beat North Alabama. Okay, okay, yep, it's a school. They beat Miami. Big name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miami's still good win, though. Florida State-Miami rivalry game, but they beat Miami. Miami is obviously not ranked. They beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not, not ranked. Wake Forest, not ranked. Duke, currently not ranked, but they had, at the time, at time had, good, had a good team. Syracuse, solid. Stakes just fired their coach. Okay. Virginia Tech, bowl eligible. Stinks. Beat Clemson in overtime. Clemson, big yeah. name. Yeah. Stink. Nice. Yeah, bro. Boston College, close one. That's a good team. That's 31-29. It's a tough football team. That was a red bandana game. Yeah, Yeah, it's different there. Yep. Southern Miss. They beat Southern Miss. Jamie Collins. But they beat LSU here. LSU now three losses. Obviously, it's a big part of the conversation. That's why Jaden Daniels might not be able to win the Heisman. But they did beat LSU first game of the year. So that's a big win. And they scheduled that game, which is a big game. Which we appreciate. Yep. They wanted a big game to start Mm -hmm. this entire thing. But it's like you go through that, even Florida State fans, you see a lot of team names that aren't good at football yeah. in there. And that's going to get held against them when they're talking about other teams. Now, how many do the other team have? And what angle do you carry? The LSU one, Miami's mm-hmm. uh, rivalry game, obviously Florida and Florida. Those things are bad, though. <laughs> how high so it's, is, like uh, hard to, it's hard to kind of get in there. How, how high is Louisville? Right? So Louisville's 15th right now. They had a chance to go on a run. Then they lost to uh, Virginia? No. Okay. Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, they lost to Pitt, which, hey, Bill will break some hearts. Yeah. And Chris Bickle was there for that game. Uh, we don't know if that is true or not. No, I don't. Chris Bickle, head coach. Uh, Chris Bickle, University of Pittsburgh, class of 1983. 97. All right, 97. 97, head coach right. of the Pittsburgh Panthers. What a title. The How best. much did that guy pay for that? $20 million. Guy paid $20 million. So that allegedly, like anytime we talk about, what's the, oh, what's old buddy's full name there? Uh, Pat Nordufus. I mean Nordufus. It's, all right. Nice. Classic. Oh. Classic. Keep shot. Just because the way he looks. He's a hardworking guy. And you do that. Anyways, yeah, you're supposed to say Chris Bickle, University of Pittsburgh, class of 1997. 97, head coach. Pat Narduzzi of the Pittsburgh Panthers. That's hmm. he named the title of the head coach. Sick. So like the head coaching title is no longer just head coach Pat Narduzzi. It is that entire thing. Paid twenty million for that. Twenty wow. million dollars. Well spent. Have you ever heard I've seen of that? Coordinators Never. have names. Ever. I've seen coordinators have names. Like they don't say the Billy Buttcheeks <laughs> offensive operational coordinator. Like these weird names I've seen like on name tags of offices. That sounds like a troll job. Yeah, yeah. Billy Buttcheeks was the It name. wasn't really Billy Buttcheeks, obviously. Okay, oh. Tim Johnson's offensive coordinator. That doesn't sound really. real either. Tim Big, Big Johnson. Big Johnson. The offensive TJ. coordinator. Yeah. Jeez. It's real, guys. That was awesome, though. I do appreciate them finding ways to get NIL money in. Yeah. yeah. All right, what do you need? I don't know. What do you want? Wow, give me the head coaching title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me the head coaching title. I want title. you to say my fucking name every time you say the head coach's name. And then I graduated. Class of 97. This is best class. 98, soft. <laughs> 96, bullshit. 97, perfect right in there. College football has been a lot of fun to be a part of. Just would like that to know. The Pitt football program has received a historic $20 million gift from alumnus Chris Bickle, the largest single donation in Pitt athletics history. Mm. Pitt's head coaching position will be permanently named to Chris Bickle, 97, head football coach. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. This guy gave us more money. Than he he's the fucking head coach. Yeah. What Even he if do? he's not what the is, head coach. He's where do you make his money? 
Chris Bickle, we don't ask those questions in Pittsburgh. Yeah. See, that's what we're talking about with HOAs. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Don't want to know. Don't Leave care. All right. Um, I think the only thing we have to really address today is that Sports Illustrated has responded. Yep. Yes, they have. You know, we had ourselves quite a time as we learned about Sora Tanaka and yep. Drew Ortiz. Ortiz. Days boy. We had a blast yesterday learning about that. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Blame it on a third party. Sports Illustrated has come out and said, Today an article was published alleging, okay, the Sports Illustrated published AI-generated articles according to our initial investigation. That's not true. Okay. The articles in question were product reviews and were licensed content from an external third-party company, Advon Commerce. A number of Advon's e-commerce articles ran on certain arena websites. We continually monitor our partners and we're in the midst of a review when these allegations were raised. Advon has assured us that all of the articles in question were written and edited by humans. According to Advon, their writers, editors, and researchers create and curate content and follow a policy that involves using both counter-plagiarism and counter AI software on all content. Really? That's really nice of them. However, we have learned that Advon had writers use a pen or pseudoname in certain articles to protect authors' privacy huh. actions we strongly condemn. Okay. okay, put your name behind it. Okay? Right. And we are removing the content while our internal investigation continues and have since ended the partnership. Signed, spokesperson for the Arena Group. All right, well, that clears it up. Good yep. to know. Spokesperson, you mean the AI wrote that and then they said spokesperson? They used an anti-AI content creative technology yeah. to make sure that that particular post was not AI. Sure. And I can appreciate that. You know, someone writing a review and being like, listen, I love this Coleman cooler, but I don't want anyone fucking knowing that it's me saying that. So I need a, a pseudonym. I can't have people knowing that I gave this Coleman Cooler five stars. That cannot happen. Who's some kid that you hate in high school? Yeah, Drew. Drew what? Drew Ortiz. Drew Ortiz. Exactly. Yeah. Shit. Let's put yeah. him in there. <laughs> Make him a ginger. This is awesome. I have no idea what's happening. Uh, to be completely candid, the reason why I enjoyed it so much is just because this raises a real thought that this is what the future could look like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where a company, and we're not saying this happened, but for the sake of it, this is how we took the news that we learned yesterday. Let's say that a company like Sports Illustrated was like, you know, we have no money to start up a content creation website. Boom. We just need to get fake people. Do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is what was so awesome yesterday in my mind was like, they had a, they had a potential problem. Now they're saying it's not real. I'm just saying the thing that was presented to us, they had a potential problem where the easy answer was fake human, fucking all of them. Yeah. Give us the fake humans. Yeah. Give us this. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, that's going to be the future. That's what editing is going to happen. They're talking content creation. Yep. I mean, it is fucking insane to think that that's going to be the possibility of what the future looks like. And we need, we said it yesterday, but. We need to enjoy these times, boys, because these things are taking our job. They are right. taking our job. And they're going to be so much better than us. They are. Much better. So much better. Never sleeping either. I was thinking about the articles that they were writing. I'm like, these motherfuckers probably coming from the perfect angle. Mm-hmm. You know Every what I mean? Time. Perfect angle. They know exactly what people are searching for. So if you're searching for what do they want to hear about, boom, how do they feel, bang. If you think they, they could really do a good job probably. Oh, yeah. Oh. You can do a bad job, too. Really craft they, the narrative. Yeah, if they know what you're looking for, they can send you something that might be full of shit, but they'll read it as gospel. Yeah, well, there's already that happening where people see an article and then you click a button. It's like, well, here's the condensed version of it. Well, who's picking that? Yeah. 
who's picking the condensed version of what the article is? Because I see some condensed articles on Twitter or X, and they're taking some quotes that I don't think are necessarily as accurate as the as the article that I'm reading. So who's summarizing it? You know, who's doing that? AI? Sounds like it. I hope not. Yep. Well, it's already happening. He's robots. Yeah, I'm just letting you know what's important to hear. I enjoy it, man. Like AJ says, hey, these are the good old days. Hey, well, send yeah. the robots to communist China. <laughs> there no, you got them. I no, assume no. they're there, pal. Good. Yeah. Send them in as rogue bots, then. Oh, like started with a horse like Trojan War. <laughs> Yahtzee. Have them hit the Great Wall first. Jeez. I don't know if I don't know if our robots are ready for that. Huh? We better get them. The future. That scary. statement said nothing, by the way. It said a lot. What are you talking about? So what many things. Mean? Third party. Yeah. They said it was okay. Yeah, Who's the arena team? Who's the arena team? They so, probably bought Sports The Illustrated. arena group. Uh, yeah, it was very clear, carefully worded that the arena group is the publisher of Sports Illustrated, but I don't know oh. if they are the actual owner of SI or if they are just a distribution arm. Oh. Are you wearing gloves? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're back. Oh, no. <laughs> is that Big J Okerson? For, for speed? <laughs> All right. It was hard. What's the word fingerless gloves for? Marv I think from Wet Bandits? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sticky finger bandits. I think. I just said that too. Yeah. It is uh, multi purpose. These are the copper fits. Are you fits. serious? Uh, I have poor circulation, so uh, it does oh, increase uh, the blood flow to my hands to keep it warm because it's quite chilly back here. And, uh, you know, number two, a couple okay. slip ups yesterday. I want to be on my game. I want to be nice and tight running a tight ship back here today. And Nick Handles. Okay. Nick Handles. You should see what's on his plate right now. Mm-hmm. It has become a hilarious assortment of things. He's got the ticker, yep. the graphics that pop up, Bud. the graphics that are up, Bud. and then also all the audio for everybody's microphone inputs and outputs. Same time happening Thank live you. during the show. Mm-hmm. It's usually 14 people's jobs. Yeah, you don't do that for four days. You just kind of get a little relaxed there during Thanksgiving, have a good time. Oh, fuck, I forgot that this is six people's jobs. Mm -hmm. Hey, thanks back there with those gloves. Don't don't need a thank you. Just want to be sharp. That's right. Hey, thank you for serving your country. Hey, I can't do that. That, You're right. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) I might be able to handle it. I think you can, but it ain't going to wear those gloves. No. Boom. Hey, I ain't ever going to wear those gloves. Uh-uh. <laughs> Don't need them. I hope you're happy, too. It's poor circulation. You're over there. You just think everything's fun in games? Just laughing. I think I have poor circulation, too. I'll probably go to Walgreens and buy a set. What if we all just walked around with fucking coffee figures? That'd be, be pretty sick, sweet, actually. Cut We'd off. feel so good. So cool, Ooh. dude. All right, I'm going to start on Friday down there in Atlanta. I'm going to be sitting there. I think we're getting some live guests. Ooh. Nice. They're going to walk up. I'm going to have a tank top on in this copper. Come here. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. Good to see you down here in the South. We should all Don't wear ever mention the Super Bowl. Them. Never mention them, though. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, hey, you're talking about Radio Row. Super Bowl, we should all have those. I, I think we're back in there. I think. I'm not 100% sure. I do not know if it's been confirmed. I'm, we're starting to plan Super Bowl week. And for Vegas, those, right? Oh, what's that, pal? Vegas. Yeah. For those that don't know, Super Bowl, pretty big week for the old program. Mm-hmm. Pretty big week. Because basically everybody we talk to throughout the entire year is all out there. Yep. And uh, I really love it. I really have enjoyed it. It's good for we all get a, get to kind of get out of the office and live. We live. Yeah. Last oh, yeah. year, played pickleball. So fun. A lot of pickleball. Whole time. That's where it started. Six, seven hours a night of pickleball. Yeah. Yeah, what would we have done without that court in the backyard? Man. I do not know. I do not. I haven't. I haven't thought about it much because every time I think about it, I go, "Whoa, that would have been terrible if we didn't." We don't go to events, so here's the thing: 
So like most people go to like Super Bowl events, that's a big deal. Like hey, parties come, every night. Every yeah. night, come see it. We don't we don't go, we don't do any of that. Nope. We literally have never really. It's awesome, honestly. I love it. It's a great. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the complete opposite of everybody. And then whenever we go into like Radio Row or we go do any media thing, they were like, "Were you at Maximum last night?" Or like, oh, pickleball. Yeah. No, we yeah, played pickleball for <laughs> eight hours. Can't wait to get back and keep playing. Yeah, that's right. We gotta, yeah we got to do three hours here. Yeah. And, and then we get a chance to get right, yes. right back on that pickleball court. So we're starting to plan it now. Vegas is interesting. You know, because where everything's going to be, it's going to be, I think there's going to be a right lot now. of, yeah, I'm not 100% sure how dialed in and focused everything is, but I can't wait to well, get out yeah. F1 ruined the whole place, didn't they? Didn't they tear the whole place up <laughs> to do the F1 track? Well, you tell us, Darius, because who won this last weekend in Nobby Dobby? Yeah. Hold on, should you guess first? Yeah, I was, got it. Vanderstoppen. <laughs> That's who it was. Who it was? Maximum Vanderstoppen. That it? Who yep. wins every week. Yep. Oh, put a, okay. Put a cap on the uh, most dominant Formula One season ever. So not great for new fans, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I, for one, appreciate dominance. Like At what point are you going to tell the truth? Come on. That's the truth. Tell, tell the, the truth. truth. The tell truth. the truth. Tell the truth. You like the reality show. And that's fine. And that's cool. Right. Yeah. Cool. I like Squid Games. I'm watching Squid Games right now. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. is that good still? I like, what's the that? Is that still good? No, yeah, the real one. Yeah, I, yeah, with the real people. I yeah. There's a lot of lawsuits good? come from that. Well, it's, uh, you know what you signed up I'll for. tell you what, when you're watching it, you think to yourself, I would never sign up for this. Oh. And then there's actually numerous conversations you have where you're like, what all did they tell them before they signed up for this? So I could see how the lawsuits could potentially come, which has probably only driven more yeah, viewership viewership for yeah. it all. But like watching it, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying watching this okay. thing. I mean, okay. I'm enjoying watching this. A couple characters in there, characters in there. Okay. Don't want to be friends with anybody on that show. Fair. But watching it, you yeah. certainly develop. So you like the reality. We, we all That's do. That's cool. We like stories. Yeah. yeah. We like learning about the people. We love everything. We like humans. We like good. That was the drive to survive. Yes. Mm-hmm. I actually stopped watching the reality show once I started watching oh, the real boy. shit. Real shit is way better. Is it a one? Really? Is it a one-lane track, D-Butt? No. You can go three, four wide. But they you got had? a lot of passes. Look, the only motherfucker that wasn't getting passes this year was Max Verstappen. We were talking about G's. Somebody mentioned G's. So his Charles car's just G's. too fast? Super G. Fucking Charles Leclerc pulled seven G's going no, into a turn. Didn't. Seven. Yeah, no, see, that's way. just not In a true. car? Two, yeah. Look it up. I'm going I'm to ask the- Seven G's? So I'm going to ask the Blue Angels what they're pulling, okay? And then we'll see right. uh, what I believe. Well, that's I think that is. I mean, these guys, shit is close. I, I oh, respect yeah, yeah. the racing is happening. I expect, oh, I'm sorry. Drive I racing. respect it's that racing. a lot of fast cars are happening. It's racing. And I'm, it's racing. Pinnacle. They're not racing. I can't do it. Pinnacle. I, I try. Maybe I haven't watched the right race. Yeah, you watched the Super Bowl of F1. That's not the one to Monaco, watch. yeah. Not don't watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, makes okay. sense. This is the worst one, they said. Because the streets are too small and the cars are too big. Boom. Okay. So they can't make any maneuvering. So it's just time trials. So when you do cruise in the USA, yep. whenever you have that, <laughs> yeah. and it says, do you want to do time trial or do you want to actually race with people? I've never actually done the time trial. Why would I've you? I've always done the race. Right. F1 is like, give me the time trial as yep. fast as possible. Oh. Good way to, I think. Okay. Right? Is that what F1 is? part of a Saturday. Qualifying. Qualies. We love qualies. Quali is... It's entertaining. So you're still all in on this? All in. All right, well, I'm proud. I mean, it wasn't competitive this year, and obviously that sucks in any sport. But you got next year. You know, you got – and this thing about Red Bull, you got a great fucking driver. You obviously got the fastest car, but the fucking strategy every week, the pit stops, 
the this, the that. It's always on point. Lewis Hamilton came in ninth down there. What's he doing? He's no, messing he's, around. Yeah. He's oh, not last race go. year. Mercedes, they they can't wait to get rid of this car. And move on. Uh, next year. Oh, Mercedes had a bad car. Oh yeah, terrible, 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 uh, terrible car this year. Who makes uh, Red Bull's car? Ripple. They got a Honda Honda motor. It's a Honda. How the fuck are these people letting Red Bull? Win? I mean, we got Mercedes, McLaren, and you're going to let a fucking yeah. energy drink come in and be the most dominant <laughs> Aston thing. Martin? It's yeah, Adrian that's an Newey. issue. It's the engineer. The engineer is... Who is it? Adrian Newey. Who the fuck is the that? He's the guy. Hannah, Hannah, the young lady Hannah is the head of their strategy. She's a dog. They brought on Oracle. This past few years, and Oracle allows them to run like 25% more simulations. It's a lot that goes into it. Wow. Why are they going to put the wrecked? guns on the cars? No, let's not turn it into... Death race. No, let's not do that. Cause Did they ever I'm... crash, D-Butt? Oh, yeah. Into each other or into wall? Both. And the, the crashes obviously are scary. It's, the sport has got much, much safer. But years ago, like, drivers used to you know, die every... Every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was crazy. Why did you want death race? It's got much. What, with guns? Yeah. Because did you hear what Vanderstoppen's going through here in the back? Oracle's yeah. doing 25 more simulations. So he's not going through anything is what it sounds like. You're shooting guns? <laughs> yeah. What's your problem? I mean, you can throw on bulletproof glass and everything. Oh, carbon fiber. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just make this a little entertaining. I will get into it next year. Throw Who's a bunch your- of banana peels on the track. Yes. Boom. Red, red shells. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> Every car Marbles. gets two red shells. Right. Heat seeking. Yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe have something that you click a button and oil goes out the back like in James flicks. Bond. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. They More Italians over. racing. Mario Luigi he's talking about. Who's yeah. the Mario Luigi that we need to pick? And uh, Can we put that standing Don't back? say Versteen. Who's somebody that, like, not Lewis Hamilton, because we know Louis, and not Vanderstaub? Who's Sunoda? So is this the position they all started in and finished? No, 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 no. no. A- absolutely not. Um, serious. Hulkenberg? Who's Hulkenberg? We're scrolling way we too far down. Sergeant? Lo- we got a guy? Sar- yeah, Logan Sargent. American? American. American we got on the grid. Yep. Oh, Florida yeah. guy. I'm sorry. Let's find the American. Let's go back down South to the bottom. He's, Jeez. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, Jeez. he's just a young boy. Yeah. What's his name? He, uh, click, uh, let's Logan, click on Let's go. Logan on. Sargent. Louis. Oh, look how cool he looks. Yeah, he, so his he, car's just slower. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah. He's he. Uh, yeah, more. Car slower. Uh, let's let's read about him. One of three rookies who made their Formula One debut in 2023, Logan Sargent lined up with the Williams Racing Team, the latest in an acclaimed lineage of drivers to have earned an F1 race seat with the story British team. Ew. Its driver developed. <laughs> Sargent replaced Nicholas Latifi, huh? And was paired with Alex Elbow and Williams revised line. They got rid of Latifi? Yeah, he's the, he was the fastest Paisan on, on four wheels. Absolutely stumped. Wow, it does. What's, what's the uh, minor leagues, D butt? Is there a minor F- league circuit? Formula two. F two. Oh, okay. I F3. bet that must be well, so, so bad. miserable. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Are you and, uh, kidding me? Same cars? <laughs> In Indy cars, probably the other farmers league. Whoa, 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 whoa. You son like of a bitch. I think, like I think the cars are, I think F2 cars are a little smaller. But uh, Lando, uh, Oscar Piastri was another rookie this year with McLaren. Pistorius, his brother. He's out. He's getting, he, he got out. He's out. He's out of prison? Yeah. What? Get he's out of South America. I think December something. 27th, maybe. Oh, okay. Self-defense. Oh, no. How are they going to put his ankle monitor on? Good question. They shoot it into his nose. I think it's a wrist. They should attach just two F1 wheels to his legs and let him race in the Next year. Could you imagine? He's down there in South Florida, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Why not? Jesus. He'd be moving. So what is next for old Tink Tink? What do you think? Think. What do you What do you think happens here? You know what I mean? 
What do you, what do we think goes on? Is he going to go on a speaking tour? You think? Like, don't be like me. Everybody wants to come back. Who's the lady Tony loves that killed her kid? Casey Anthony. Yeah, he should he should partner up with Casey Anthony. Do a podcast. Tony love her. <laughs> I don't know. That, that was a long time ago. We were talking about that. Tony's not oh, married no. with a kid. Yep. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if he's, he's still. He's he's it's, it's come up. It's come up a couple times. What will what will Oscar Pistorius be doing one year from now? Hopefully nothing near me. Probably working with Billy McFarlane from the Firefest. Something with something's him going on there. I've seen him working in angles. Yeah, yeah. they're doing another oh, yeah. Firefest. He's hustling. They're doing a Firefest. I'm pretty sure. Mid they're, tried to get tickets up. Yeah, Mid tried. Yeah, Mid was trying to get tickets. Actually. Dead serious. Yeah. DM Billy McFarlane. He's like, I fucking need in right now. Tell me what I can't do. I don't know if Billy McFarlane ever got back. Send in your no. closet, Mitt. That actually happened. Mitt, send in that screenshot. Yeah. Oh, please. Fire Festival 2 tickets are on sale now if you're interested in lighting money on fire. Oh, come on. Whoa. Whoa, John. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) What what is this? What company wrote that just so we know who? That's Rolling Stone. Okay. Oh, incredible. Okay. Incredible source. Just so we know who's killing old Billy. I followed him immediately upon him getting out of jail because he was telling companies that he could give them $50 million worth of exposure yeah. right in 24 hours. That's right. Who wouldn't want that? Look what I did with Firefest. Go ahead and put that back up there. Um, Firefest with two tickets are on sale now. Okay, can we go? You see where it started, though? What's that? It, it starts with, it's all started during a seven-day stint. Seven-month soli- stint. Excuse me, in solitary confinement. Everyone's favorite grilled cheese salesman. Oh, boy. That was a bad meal Yeah, that he gave those people. Oh, yeah. That was a cool thing to learn about for a while. You know what? This next one, though, Mitt, it's going to be good. Yep. We'll get it, Mitt. It's going to be good, Mitt. After that, the prices will steadily rise. Uh, here's Mitt to Billy McFarlane. Billy, let's go, dude. I need to get in the fire. <laughs> let's fucking go, says Billy. First batch of GA start a thousand bucks and go up as we sell. Live with us is, live is what? Live with us is by request. What? You live can with stay us. Stay with Billy. I'm all about it, brother. How many general admission? Uno. <laughs> Boom. Roger, what's your number team will call for next steps? All right, Billy McFarland selling one ticket at a time. Well, wait, what's below? Because there's a there's an arrow in the yeah, bottom we need right the corner. End of this that that continues that conversation. Mitt, I'm yeah. okay with you not telling me how you this pay ends. Pay for the VIP section, Mitt. Come on. No, Mick gave him his his banking information and his <laughs> <laughs> social security number. Social yeah. security, yeah, everything. <laughs> Live with us. Is that what it said? One, That's what it's pay like, extra. Yeah. yeah, you pay extra, you probably get a bunk with him. Um, Man, it's probably a bunch of celebs. Him, OBJ. I'm sure Ja Rule is probably going to be there too. Beebs, Beebs is part of that whole thing. Yeah, he probably perform. It's an odd mix of celebs. Hey, there was uh, well, that's what Firefest was. Do you yeah. not remember what it was? Yeah. Did like, you do? Did you almost go to Firefest? Absolutely not. I uh, watch it. Though. Uh, I remember a guy talking about how you had to get that water. Yep. Who was it? Green oh, Day. Boy. <laughs> that was. Oh. Whoa, boy! At all costs. That guy's a soldier for the cause. He'll be there, too. Billy McFarlane better try to find him. Yep. Stat anytime he's trying to do anything. Good luck with Firefest, too, Bill. Can't wait luck, to hear Bill. about it. Go get him, Mitt. How about Ja Rule? What a quote. It's not fraud. <laughs> it's not fraud. Oh. It's false advertising. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Different. And the way they edited that yeah. to, like, echo through the room. Yep. Just fantastic. Ja Rule was there every step of the way. He was. He he got conned, too, I think oh. is what he's saying. Yeah. Time. You, you know how much fun I was looking to have? And you see what I'm eating fucking cheese sandwich? 
Joe Rule wasn't happy either. You could tell by his reaction that, AJ. I mean, I watched both the documentaries. Uh, he went and hung out with Bill down in the Bahamas a few times before. I think just from watching the little clips that they have of them together, you can notice something might be up with this guy. This might not be completely legit. Are you talking about Billy McFarlane? Yeah, I'm just saying once you get there and you're like, okay, this sounds awesome. And he has nothing set up and nothing <laughs> planned. And this guy just wants to smoke cigars and get boozed up down here when we're a month away from putting on a 5,000-person festival. Yeah, but you're talking too reasonable. Come on, yeah. Hawk. We're smoking cigars. We're having a good he is time. He's trying to pay everybody back. I heard him talk on a podcast somewhere. He's, he's trying to pay everybody back down in the Bahamas and all this stuff, the people that he screwed out of money. Yeah, it's just 1000 bucks. He got 1000 from it. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> he got 1000 from yeah. me, at least. I don't know what to live with us is. Least, yeah. And he said $7,999. Is that what I saw on that thing? I believe so. That's for the Matt, premiere. You don't need the $8,000 ticket. Yeah, come on, man. Maybe you do. You're going to go, go, no, I mean, if Mitt goes, I might pay for it. If Mitt will actually commit to going to this, I might pay for it. You'll, be, you'll give him the $8,000 one? Yeah, if Mitt, if it happens and there's a wow. fire fest too, and Mitt documents it, yes, I'll pay for his ticket. Well, I don't wow. know if he's just going to be able to make content. Well, who knows? Yeah. Paying yeah. eight thousand bucks. Well, I mean, just a little bit, just a little bit, just you know, selfie vid every once in a while with he and Billy. Mitt, Mitt. But we need him to have the best accommodations, though. Definitely, like he needs to be living with us, whatever that means. Yeah, he needs to be part of the crew. You guys, big uh, festival guys, ever been to a music festival? Nope, no, not one. People that I know have gone and had good times. I went to, uh, there's like a hippie festival in West Virginia. I went one time. Hippie festival in West Virginia where people were sleeping at. I think it's called the All Good Festival or something. I forget what it was. Didn't make it through the night. I was, oh, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. Out. yeah. People were tripping balls though. They were having a good time. I guess there's festivals yeah. people really get after. People, oh, yeah. Like South by Southwest. Yep. Uh, it's a big one. What's the one in uh, Bonnaroo? Mm-hmm. Bonnaroo, one in Cali. What's the one in Cali? The big Burning, one. Man, Burning Man. Burning Coachella. Coachella, yeah. Stage coach. Stage coach. Yep. yep. I've been there. I'd like to go to one of the the EDM situations, one of like Tomorrowland or those things. Oh, look like be cool for a night. Tomorrowland looks nuts. Yeah, it, it does feel like you actually go to a different world in those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watch them on YouTube and I feel like I'm in a different world. Yeah, yeah. Those, I, I appreciate how much just carefree it appears. Yeah, as if there's zero worries. No, none. We ain't got shit to no. worry about out here, Mm-mm. and they just live out there. Yep. So one day we hope to experience that. I hope to experience yeah, that. Tomorrowland's in like a small town in Belgium. And they like live for it the entire time, or at least word on the street. You know what? I want to stop by Oktoberfest over there in Germany one time. That'd be very. I've heard that is wild. Mm-hmm. I heard they put a lot of fake stuff out there. Yep. So yeah. it's impossible to find the real stuff. Correct. Yeah, but no matter what, they're doing it off dongs. They don't give a fuck what Absolutely. it is. We're talking about cocaine because yeah. that's what we've seen videos, videos. from the internet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Over there. And, uh, they're putting fake coke out there? Yeah. 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 So that they Except can. The cops have, no, but you're, it's not like setting people up uh, with fake coke. No, no. It's like, hey, do that so that we can rip a rail off this guy's erect penis and no one's going to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a fake. Yeah. You know how Inside Man, the, the bank robbing movie mm-hmm. with Denzel? Yeah. You know how they all come out dressed the same? Correct. And it's impossible to figure out which one's the real one. Mm-hmm. That's what they do with the cocaine in the Oktoberfest. Everybody's yep. wearing the same hoodie. Everybody's coming out the same. All the powder looks the same. And then everybody knows who the real one is, except for the cops. So yep. nobody gets busted. That part, that part was fake, though, right? No, no, no. There are videos out there of that happening. You're talking about storing cocaine off of dongs? Yeah, that's tacit. Let's yeah. not talk about that. Really? Weren't you born over there, Bob? Yeah, aren't you yeah, from yeah, Germany? Yeah. You know all about you know? that yeah. D-Butts. <laughs> you, you never heard of Vodka. Yeah, you get the nickname D-Butts. <laughs> His name's Darius Butler. <laughs> That's the other reason. Yeah. More than one reason. 
I thought Oktoberfest was beer, not snorting coke off of dongs. I guess it's pretty wild over there. Yeah. I don't know. This is just one video we've seen. I'm, there's people in Germany right now who are probably like, that is not what Oktoberfest yeah. is. Come We're on. Just, I'm just, one video. I'm just telling you what the, the videos that we have seen right. from Oktoberfest, what is what is what happening. What would you do if you walked in the bathroom and you saw that happen? Would you could, would you go take a leak? Well, I definitely have. It, Oktoberfest with beer? Yeah, I'm going to piss my pants. Line <laughs> starts behind me. I'm going to have to. <laughs> there's a price to pay to get in. That's crazy what you guys are doing in here. But. Work that thing up, pal. <laughs> then we'll let you go to the bathroom. You didn't have to go to the bathroom either. People were doing it in broad daylight by picnic benches. So Yeah, right in the middle of the whole What's thing. Happening? Yeah. Yep. That's the video we saw. And yep. Oh, and the fake Coke throws them off so we can still do lines off of dongs because it might be fake Coke. So Bingo. Yeah, yeah, I believe is yeah. how they... Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're a German. Hawk, you last get name. It. You're right. You Correct. I'm you're so, so cold. Cool. Talk to Talk to some of my cousins. Your first name's Arian. We should go out there, by the way. We should go. <laughs> that is not his first name. Oh. Just so everybody knows, his name is Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron is the A-A-R-O-N. Yeah. With a double A, double A, triple A. Got a reference today. That was awesome. All right. Yeah. As we wrap this thing up on this glorious Tuesday, we I would like to get to Oktoberfest, even though you guys all try to ruin it. Oh, I'd love it. I still want to go. Big time. I'll go. I'd go tomorrow if you said, let's go. All right. I think we should do it. I think it would be a good time. Especially with the NFL over there, they should schedule one. In, in the middle of it. In the middle during October. Yeah. I'm sure that Munich would really be appreciative of having to host Oktoberfest yeah. and the NFL. Yeah, a bunch of asswipe Americans coming over and ruining their... Yeah, that'd be very good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let us ruin your entire thing yeah. you got going over. A beautiful t- place. Oh, yeah. Germany's very nice. The people were incredibly kind to me. Very nice of them. Well, they have to be. Well, it did feel like that's how they felt. Yep. Still nice. we've talked about before, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm, it was... Too nice almost. I'm like, well, everybody's so incredibly kind to me. I thank you. Ireland, boy, they hated me. Yeah. I've never seen a group of people hate somebody more than they hated me over there. Were they calling you Kafi? No? No, they were calling me just, just, just Pat. Just Yank. Dumb oh, yank. okay. A lot of dumb Yank. Okay. Kafi is what Swagoo calls me. Correct. Love that one. That's the first time I've heard that, too. Uh, first? My whole life, yeah. Yeah, first. right. No. Yeah, you've never said it. Did you ever say it? Maybe. Check the tapes. You never said it. I mean, I know never a couple of MCs, and we just call them the C after. Kakafri. I like it. Yeah. Swaggy swore yesterday, too, on our show. He did. That was he awesome. said, fuck. He did. He went there. How about him just demolishing that barbecue, though, that right in the awesome. middle of the show? I love that. That was awesome. No idea, too. Like, that was sweet. Yeah, he's just having a good time. Can't yeah. hear nothing. You know, stadiums, too. Sometimes the tech doesn't work necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's great. KC Barbecue. Legit. Legit. They're the real deal. It was always the after, after game meal. The Gates. I think Gates Barbecue was the one. I think they were the most consistent. I think Kansas City's barbecue was always the most consistent. Yeah. Eat yeah. the most places. You know, the South got a lot of places that have barbecue. Oh, yeah. This college game day shit, we're getting meat from every town we go to. It's very delightful. Ann Arbor Turkey was cooked, you know. Not great. No, no. Just... When they cooked it, you know, because they bring it in freezing cold out onto a set. Uh, right. It's 1030. So when do they finish? You know, because you say you're supposed to be done at a certain time. I don't think the turkey got its proper representation on the table up there at Ann Arbor because it was done, cooked perfectly. But it was certainly good chill because it uh, had been okay. outside for so long. Right. So it was more like a deli meat turkey. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Head. It was good. It was very good. It was very. And in some of those places, it's like they got the timing of it perfect. They got it hot for mm-hmm. us. And it's like we're eating these wings or these uh, steaks or chops right. from, from like immediately as it would be at the restaurant. And in some places, like they finished 30, 40 minutes ago, been outside for a little bit, sitting there. All the food's great. But I think Kansas City's barbecue mm-hmm. 
throughout my life has been the most consistent every time I go out there. A1. They're very good. Why is it? Oh, yeah. Why do some places do the barbecue and known for it and some places just aren't? I don't know. Is it's it just question. slaughtered a table quicker because it's in Kansas City? Far, I don't know. AJ, you know any of that? Each, doesn't each place have their own style, like their rub or their sauce? Like Some like some have like wet ribs, some have dry ribs. Everyone has their own style. What's Pittsburgh then? Sandwiches? We're just a sandwich place? You've heard of Pittsburgh, of your steak chopper. My father-in-law tells him that Pittsburgh is steak, which wants a crispy, burnt outside, but not burnt inside. Yeah, I love that. We just want to see on the outside good, and on the inside, give us some real stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think sandwiches, we're known for sandwiches. Is that yeah, sandwiches. Pierogies. Pierogies. Pierogies, yeah. There it is. Pierogies are delightful. Those are so good. They're good in Georgia, too. Yeah, they were. Kirk Herbstreit had pierogies for the first time. What, what is going on in Centerville? You guys don't have any pierogies in Ohio? I never heard of them until I played in the Big 33 game. First time I was made aware. So good. They're delightful. You guys have them in Iowa? No, not really. Not a lot of Polish people in Iowa. Probably why you guys are going to lose to Michigan this weekend. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. What do you think the final score is? As we said right here on Tuesday, just four days away from Iowa's potential last Big Ten championship appearance <laughs> for some time. For some time. It's going to take a while to catch up to the boys in Ohio State and Michigan, let alone. This- I, don't, I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, no, what do you predict the score to be? Re- Realistically, yeah, let's go. Let's give it a, a Tuesday. So we got a lot of time we to change our mind. Change. You got a lot of time to change your mind. Fourteen ten Iowa. Let's go. Boom. Let's go. Hawkeyes are Big Ten champs. Hawkeyes. Are big- I, wait, for real though, Ty, is Iowa's defense good enough to to limit what Michigan does offensively? Uh, I think so, but their offense, like, it, yeah. can their defense? Can any defense? Be okay with being on the field for fucking fifty minutes and continually do it over and over and over and over and over again. They're gonna have to score at least one or two defensive slash special teams touchdowns to really be in it. Sharon Moore though is gonna or I guess Harbaugh. Yeah, Harbaugh's back. They're gonna hand that ball off potentially. Yeah. Which is because if you don't turn the ball over, right, you shouldn't. They can run the hell out of it. Yeah, they can. And, and they're very good at running a rock. They can. But I I was run defense is good. They're stout. All right. Fourteen ten. I'm I interested to watch. It. As Honestly. we sit right now, Iowa 14-10, baby. Let's go, Hawkeyes! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, D-Bud found this that. video. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, Mic'd Up creates a lot of moments that we can judge and see how people really feel behind, you know, the camera. Like, when, whenever we're not watching on Sundays, when we're not hearing the interviews, what are people actually like? And although they just picked and chosen or what they put out, you could still learn through it, either about the person that's mic'd up or the person they're talking about. Listen to Brandon Graham talking to the Buffalo Bills offensive line whenever they are kicking the field goal in <laughs> overtime. This is a field goal in overtime, and this is what Brandon Graham is saying to the Buffalo Bills while the play is happening. We about to win the you must don't know Jalen Hurts like I know Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> you must don't know Jalen Hurts like I know him. <laughs> In the middle of the play, obviously just full conversation. You must not know Jalen. And then I like the fact that they posted the Eagles posted. They were like football interrupted yeah. this <laughs> yeah. entire yeah. thing. And then it's like, but listen to that. Run it one more time. The belief in your guy. That is something that you cannot, you hope to bottle and have mm-hmm. forever. And Jalen, I hope he heard this and watched this and had a great sense of pride in Jalen's parents about who he is and how his teammates feel about him. This is for the Bills to take the lead in overtime before the ball's even snapped. We about to win this. You must don't know Jalen Hurts like I know Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> You must don't know Jalen Hurts like I know him. AJ, how often is that happening at the line of scrimmage? Before the ball snapped 
Oh, mid-sentence, ball snapped, <laughs> and then we continue it afterwards. Yeah, I don't know if I've been part of many situations like that, but I absolutely love it. Also, I think it, it might have a little bit of an effect on the other team as well. They, you're not, it's not going to uh, put yeah. you in a funk, but you're probably like, man, these going up guys right really now. believe in this dude, man. This is kind of uphill sledding for us, I guess. Huh? Imagine Buddy sitting on the bench while Jalen's doing what Jalen's doing. He's like, Brandon Graham was telling me he this. He told me. Yeah. For snap, real. He was Shit. like, you don't know Jalen? When? When? Like, as we were doing the field goal. <laughs> when? Like, actually. We were face-to-face. As the ball. He yeah. hit me. Well, <laughs> yeah. no way. Like, that whole reenactment of that situation on the other side. Wish I was there for yeah. it. Wish I was there for it as well. And he doesn't even turn around. Like, Jordan Davis turns around to see if the field goal goes through. And Brandon Graham is just talking shit. Don't care. Dude. Field goal is not enough. You are going to lose. <laughs> and then Jalen would go on to do this. Just kind of walk right down the field. Mm-hmm. What a run doing? right here, by the way. Great yeah. cutback. Great vision. Good speed. Got good speed. Yeah, they got a lot of speed. And then there's a Brandon Graham quote uh, from him being mic'd up on the sideline for that play where he goes, oh, they're giving it to one. And there is a run. Oh, this is a touchdown. Brandon Graham actually says from looking at the Jumbotron, like as the play is developing, he's like, here we go. We just did it. Love Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. Love Jalen Hurts. Love Sirianni. What? Love Philadelphia as what? a home field advantage. Absolutely love the Niners this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. Hey, it is Tuesday, though. That's a great feeling to have, though. It's terrible been on the flip side. We've always fortunate enough to play with great quarterbacks. When you know your, your offense, your guys going out there, oh, they got to drive to get a win or a field goal. Or touch. Oh, yeah, we good. We got Tom, Aaron, yeah. and like, yeah, we'll be all right. We're good. This ain't enough, buddy. We're good. But on the other side, you're saying Ooh, whenever you don't have the guy. Oh, so no. I've run out of some of them tunnels where we got certain guys starting us. Like, well, if we don't score twice, it's going to be a run. Who, Hasselbeck? No. No, no. no. He's played for numerous teams. Please, okay. let's have a little bit of respect. Did you see the Jalen Hurts, Jason Kelsey reaction to the Elliott field goal? Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Awesome. Just dogs so yeah. locked in. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Hurts having no reaction to Jake Elliott hitting a 59-yarder. I guess that's just what Jalen Hurts is. like. And in the interview afterwards, he said, we just had to make it. We just had to make it entertaining or something like that. Like, pissed about it, what yeah. they did. And then Jason Kelsey doing the same exact thing pretty much. Oh, okay. And then just put his helmet on? <laughs> yeah. They're all. They're, I love the Eagles. It sucks that I am not a fan of the Eagles. Like, well, that, that's how it feels right now because it's so entertaining. Side team, them. dude. Well, my, my mother is from Philly, but I would there never. There you go. I would never great, that's more team. than enough great for some reason. people. Yeah. Yeah. Great reason. Get another team. Nah, nah, yep. nah. Nope, I won't do that. Good but man. I, You're I, good I, man. I will. You're good I, man. I, good man. I have no qualms with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. None. This year. This year. What about next year if you guys get that number two yeah. overall pick? Well, next year, I got bad news because it's going to be the Bill Belichick Revenge Tour, and I pray to God that it's with New England because <laughs> whoever gets him, he's going to be fucking pissed. You thought he was gone a couple days ago. Now you're yeah. like, maybe he's not. I, I'm From what Lombardi just said, it's hard to think about Bill sitting down with Robert Kraft, laying out a plan. He finally has a top three pick because in my mind, and this could be completely wrong, Robert Kraft probably just wants a quarterback. Like, hey, we need a guy that's going to be able to get us there. And so he has a top three pick. Finally, we are not picking 15-plus because all these this draft conversation with Bill, his lowest draft pick in the last 20 years has been 15. So he finally has a top three pick. Let's see him what he can do. And if it doesn't work out this year, then okay. Go and get somebody. You know, get an offensive mind. The other kind of thing I was thinking about too, though, is that if it is uh, commanders like has been talked about, 
Commanders are going to have like a top 10 pick. So I don't know if because of that, maybe you you think about, oh, okay, well, you could have two first top, top 10 picks, but then who wants to come in and coach a team that you're replacing Bill Belichick? Probably nobody. Yeah, that's tough. That's going to be a tough sell. Yeah. Uh, but having $110 million to build a team in your idea is yeah. a good way to start it as well. Marvin Harrison, Caleb Williams, Drake May, you get one of those. Like, and then what? What did you say in the second round? Jaden Daniels? Well, I, I, we were talking about that earlier. I don't think he's going to be there in the second round. No shit. Yeah, but it'd be sweet. You look at the quarterbacks. There are a lot of teams, like the commanders, it'll be interesting to see what they Yeah, but remember everybody, if you have just a hint of potentially yeah. being a good NFL quarterback, normally you get hyped out of your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that everybody gets hyped to be the number one overall pick. If you're, like, number one or number two, you're going to get scrutinized. Yes. A lot. But if you're, like, not... There's going to be people that are going to be like, you can be an NFL quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the boom, boom, the hype machine kind of builds them all the way up into the top 20. Yeah. yeah. Bo Nix will be an interesting because I Bingo. think he's going to be the one who, like, every, hey, if he wins the Heisman, this guy won the Heisman. You know, look at his stats. Look at it. He'll probably be unbelievable at the combine. And then he might, him, Penix. Like, there might be five or six quarterbacks in the top 20 this year. And it yeah. is a super, we need a quarterback league. Yes. And the owners that are making these decisions know that. Like, Tepper, the, Main thing he was talking about today was we're going to get C.J. Stroud. Love Bryce Young. Didn't think we're going to be able to get Bryce Young. Bryce Young was going to be number one. We were supposed to move to number two to get C.J. Stroud. That was that was the last I heard. That was my my, my understanding yeah. was we were going to number two because the Texans were going to trade with the Bears for one to two, and then we were going to trade with the Bears who are now at two for them to come to nine. That was my expectation, and we were going to take. C.J. Stroud, because Bryce Young was everybody's number one. I am very thankful we got Bryce Young, is what he said. Yep. Like, he did that today a couple different times. And once, let me once again say, we all unanimously had Bryce Young at number one. Well, that being said, also, I thought we were number two. Yeah, we were going to get C.J. Stroud, though. Yeah, that was a... That was, a, <laughs> it was weird. It was because like, he's sitting there watching, you know, what's going on in Houston. This guy's fucking good. Come on. We're supposed, that was supposed to be us. That was supposed to be us. They were supposed to be trailing it. I don't know if he's talking to his team. I don't know if he's talking to the fans. I don't know if he's just doing a therapy session at the press conference. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I don't know when Tepper's going to win the NFL, but when he does, I'm excited for his press conference. Oh, yeah. man. I want that guy to talk more. We need David Tepper on a microphone more often. Yes. He's just talking. Yeah, we, you remember we had a trade for number two overall. I was like, no, we did not know that. Yeah, well, then no. Bears and... Texas did this whole thing. I'm like, yes, Tepper, we need you on the microphone more, pal. We need you more. How long has he been the owner? Uh, Six years? Five years? Think about, like, whatever his past life was, making his money, running businesses, and then all of a sudden you're the owner of an NFL football team. That's a lot of stuff you've never dealt with. He's dealing with for the first time ever. Well, he was a minority owner for the Steelers, wasn't he? Yeah, Mm -hmm. 2018. Yeah, but he's not not talking to the media, and he's not pulling the trigger on everything. Yeah, he's not the one hiring. True. You know, what did Lombardi say? He's got too many people giving him ideas. Yeah, and put the phone down. He's, the new phone. He's phone stop away. listening to people. It's like, oh. all right, okay, interesting. Because I assume whenever you see a new owner in there, if you're in the Rolodex of people that could get the owner's number, you probably start sending ideas. Yeah. Because you want to be the hero that gives the oh, yeah. good mm-hmm. advice. Because if you get good advice, you have a job forever. Get right. a little stake. Boom, you're happy you're in there. You're working it. You got like 15 people telling them. Well, you need to take Bryce Young, CJ yeah. Stroud, Frank Reich. We love this guy. He's good. Think about Easterby. Steph Curry. That's like probably how Easterby got to where he is. They throw in a couple little things. Maybe one or two of them are right. 
Fucking Jack Easterby knows what he's talking about. This guy prayed with us for 45 minutes last night, and then guess what? He told us to drop into a cover two in our fucking... <laughs> and we picked it off. We did. You heard him. Pick six. Nick Cesario had the headphones. He heard it, too. Yeah. yeah. That's going well down there. Remember, that's Very how that well. started for him? Terrible. Yeah. He was on the headphones, remember? Oh, yeah. And we had to say, hey... The fuck? What was that? Throttling us. Whoa. What we oh, talk no. about? Is this Easterby? Easterby. Could be. Maybe. We didn't even say China. Where is he now? Well, you did a lot. Right? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Easter Bay is praying. That's right. There. Is he with Joe Osteen? Because Joe Osteen had that place in Houston. Oh, yeah, and they wouldn't open the doors. Yeah, right? no, wouldn't let in homeless was. people. Okay, how can it remain a nice place if we let <laughs> people we don't want in here in here? <laughs> I know. Good question. Homeless people stink like shit. Keep them out. What do you mean? <laughs> All your donations? We're building this place to be nice. Okay, it's not meant to be a fucking... This ain't a fucking soup kitchen. What Keep do we think out. this is? That's what, that's what yeah, happened. Basically what he said, yeah. You watch Righteous Gemstones, it really gives you a, a window into that world. I think I saw three episodes. It's, I couldn't good, take it. I, I, good acting. It's great, yeah. What's it called? Righteous Gemstones. Kenny Powers. Mox. Yep. Okay. Kenny Powers is in it. Yeah. I've seen some of it. You ever like seen a, Is he like a mega church? Yeah. Yes. Bingo. Yeah. It's him, John Goodman. Some lady who's funny and uh, Adam, Adam Driver. What's it on? Fine. HBO. M- Melissa McCarthy? Mark, excuse me. Mom. No, I love Mel Mack. She is one of my favorite actresses, but it is a different lady who I can't She's good. quite name her. But yeah, she is very good in the show. Timothy Ma- Oliphant. Love that. I don't who's know who that, that is. Who the fuck? Is he Todd is? sure? That's not. Yeah, he's, in, no, he's the other pastor, I think. That's Walton, Walton Goggins. Goggins. Yeah, Walton Goggins Jr. Oh, baby Billy? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great show. It is really good. Pretty funny. Yeah, you, you. If you watch three, I mean, that's enough. I watch three. I get it. Yeah, I understand exactly. what's going on. Yeah, a little family yep. dynamic as well. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yep. Those churches are real deal business. Oh yeah, yeah. They were running good business for a long time. Long time. Tax tax free. Whoa, AJ. That's not a part of it. Tell that to God. It is if you're considered a church. Yeah. Are the Amish a church? Hmm. They get. Tax- that's why they're tax exempt. Yeah, must be. They work there asses off there's almost people uh watching this right now yeah how well from what i've been told there's a shed deep in the woods that one of them either during rum springer or another time sneaks out finds a white mm-hmm. person that is modern or whatever mm-hmm. and says there's a shed out here we need wi-fi in there yep. and we need power in there now and we need a fridge in there mm-hmm. and then they go back to work for about a week or two and then they head back to that shed and guess what Full man cave in there. Yep. Nice. And they're watching NFL Sunday. Mm-hmm. They are having a blast. They get it. The Amish folks, I, obviously, I don't think this is all the Amish people. Right. But every Amish person I've met, which is everyone that's living a wild lifestyle, I guess, as an Amish person, mm-hmm. love ball. They love football. Football people. Like, love the NFL, yeah. A lot of jerseys around the Amish community. It's really? awesome. Yeah, pretty crazy. Are there a lot of buy tickets to go to a game? Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, pulling a horse and buggy up to a fucking game would be so sick. They usually, I, I have seen. Uh, they'll, they'll take buses. They'll wow. bus I, in. I've flown. Do they? Oh yeah. I, I, for Rum Springer, only. last time I went to the zoo, no, they'll ride in a car. There was like forty, like and a, a bunch of people it. from like an Amish community, but forty-five to sixty of them. They they bust in. So the Mennonites are like uh, uh, junior ball. Like junior varsity Amish people. Yeah. Too. Okay, so you see them. They do a lot more of the stuff, but they have the costumes still. Mm-hmm. 
the Amish folks are the heavy duty. All in. They're heavy duty up there. They, they're having others driving to the zoo. As far as I know, but, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't striking up a conversation. Could have Dude, been you got to. Have you... It is awesome. Zito's gotten a chance to experience one of my conversations with Amish people. You see one of these people out in public, you go talk to them. They haven't had a conversation with somebody like you ever. Yeah. And then you just start firing off questions. They're going to feel like obligated to be nice to you. And you just learn a lot real quick. Well, that was a bachelor party that was happening over there at Top Golf. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was there. Uh, oh yeah, we met that. that one crew. Yeah, they were wild, boozing. Oh yeah, what? They're boozing, sick. Oh yeah, boozing, flipping these beers upside down. Yep. Kid couldn't have been no more than seventeen years old. Yeah, it looked like, yeah. Any black Amish people? Nah, I don't think so. Damn, got it. There's got to be. I don't, I don't think, think so. Yeah, I don't know. Never seen one. That's a very white thing to do, though. We don't want power. We don't want uh, electricity. Yeah. We don't want internet. Live like it's the 1800s. Yeah. We want to go out till the land every day. That's you very... don't want to live like it's 1800s. Well, that's... Like, so. <laughs> that's I think that might the... be why. Yeah. yeah. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Could be. Mm-hmm. No, but those Amish fucks, they're out there. Oh, yeah. They're go killing hard working. Killing the land every single day. Said they could build you a barn in two days. Yeah, we've gotten some quotes from other places. Hey, Amish folks, if you're listening, we need to get your contact again. We lost your card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, uh, <laughs> we've tried to get some quotes for a barn from a couple of different places. Way too much. They don't know what they're doing. They're trying to be like you guys. We need to do business with the Amish again. Could you imagine we just had fucking 100 Amish out here? That'd be awesome. So yeah. 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 Just like so Chopper strange. works with them. Chopper has a lot of them on his crew. My father-in-law. Hey, they ride a butt. They a van will take them. A non-Amish person will pick them up and drive them like two hours to the job site, and then they have to leave like at three or four because they got to get back. Yeah, and you don't even have to pay them. You just drop them off at like a computer shop, and they fucking mines explode. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> they get paid. No, they don't. They make a lot of money. Yeah, the Amish folks, not the ones in Massachusetts. Are there Amish in Massachusetts? I don't know. I don't think so. That doesn't feel like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like a Massachusetts thing. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe those they, maybe they are the broke Amish up there. Could be. Massachusetts. Yeah. Maybe. Because I think all the Amish that, uh, like, we or anybody lives around, they just got money. All of it. Think about the Amish pies, the Amish goods, the uh, the seats, the rocket chairs, yeah. the cabinetry. The wicker mm-hmm. business. And it's all just money. It's all cash. I went much. to an Amish furniture store, most expensive furniture store of all time. But amazing <laughs> furniture. Quality is high. Very good quality. Quality is high. Jer- Jebediah made that that morning. Yep. Fucking guy just made it in his basement. Everything's Fresh customizable wood. too. That's the craziest part. Yeah, we can fucking tur- certainly do. <laughs> yeah. There's a gif of Amish people building a house. Oh yeah, and it's like a one day thing. Yep. Oh, they're awesome. Thanks for watching, Amish folks. Love you, Amish. We don't ever. They don't count for the rating. No. Nope. It's crazy. Anybody talking about that for the demo? We got mm. the Amish people. People that can't even have power watch our show. How about that? I'm sure they watch other shows as well. Let's get the fuck out of here. Tomorrow's a big day, boys. Huge day. Because tomorrow we'll be reacting to the college football playoff ranking. Yes. Big right. deal. Mm-hmm. As we go into championship weekend. Tomorrow we got some great guests. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got big ones tomorrow. Top tier. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Cannot wait to see what the general has. I think we have Mike Elko on tomorrow. Holy Ooh. shit. I think at 2.30 Eastern time tomorrow. Let's go. We have the brand new coach at Texas A&M down big there, hit. Mike Elko. Hell yeah. That's go, a big deal. Elko. Friend of the program, Mike yeah. Elko. He was introduced. They gave his contract out there and everything. And yeah. Obviously, the last person that was coached there got fired and got paid $76.8 million. Not a bad gig. Now Mike too. Elko's in there, and he's got to win a football game. Yeah. Mike Elko, football guy who I don't think is worried about any of the pressures that come alongside being at Texas A&M. I think he's excited about it because what he was able to do at Duke 
now just be able to implement with a lot more backing. Yeah. I guess Texas A&M NIL money is good. You know, if you're paying somebody $77 million to leave, hmm. think about what they're paying people to come. That's yeah. going to be pretty damn good. All right. That's a big day tomorrow. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye.